stage. Snap photos from the pit. Documented musical stories. Thrashed in the crowd. And raged from the back. We are South Sisters! Welcome to another episode of the Sound Sisters podcast. I'm your host, Angela Rose Red. That's right. You heard correctly. I am in control of the mic for this episode, and I'm taking over. Before we get into the inner workings of this special segment, let me introduce my guest of honor. They're with me here in the Sound Sister Studios in Mesa, Arizona. That's right. It's no other than the Venomous Pinks. Say hello, ladies, and introduce yourselves. Dreadall. Cassie. Gabby. Now, for this very Mary Pink episode that has been developing in my mind since we debuted the podcast a year ago, as most of you know, two out of the three Sound Sisters are members of the Venomist Pinks, Dre et al., and Gabby Chaos. So before we were Sound Sisters, we were simply punk rock sisters. Over the years, the Pinks have taken me on as a non-musical member of their band. I've had countless photos with these bitches, sold their merch, sang gang vocals on some songs, loaded gear, written press releases, and yes, I've even handed over an extra tampon for those in needs. That's right. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know, there's no duty that isn't too small or big. Am I right? You know? So they're truly family, and the newest member, Cassie, is also. I've also felt like I've known her for years, even though it's only been a few months. But um, now some of you listeners may be wondering why we are dedicating a whole episode to the Venomous Pinks when a good part of our foundation of our podcast drives from their experiences as musicians. It's like, seriously, guys, do you really think you're that much of a badass to, you know, be in control of this episode? The simple answer is, Fuck yes, they are. And we can and we will. But the real is the concept developed by yours truly was because honestly, they're like family. But before they were family, I was just like an inspired friend and fan. Now, the story of the Menace Peaks is a special one, but it has elements that are relatable to other musicians and creatives. So they're straight up DIY band that's gone through trials, tribulations, lineup changes, label adjustments sexism in the industry and even almost dying in the back of the van okay sorry (laughs) personally attacked (laughs) on both accounts (laughs) but but for real though um the pinks have made their own merch booked their own tours networked their asses off they're killing it in our local scene and they are known outside of this circle as one of the hardest working bands in arizona so they're not just good for a girl band. They're a killer band, dot, 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 band, not girl band, Different. So their journey as a band is not only relatable to musicians, but everyone, I feel. So it's about overcoming the odds and obstacles and pushing forward to your dreams and doing your best. If you do not relate to their her story, you can simply be inspired by it, guaranteed. So I have a lot of ground to cover. In a moment, we're going to dial in our Pink's tour manager, Ashley. Big Red. Big Red. <laughs> Big Red. <laughs> now for our roundtable discussion. Later on, we're also going to speak with our leader of the third wave 
feminist revolution and sex worker rights activist, goddess Soma Snake Oil. She is a longtime friend and supporter of the Pinks and has recently collaborated on one of their upcoming videos. So, and then after that, we have our photographer, videographer, Alexander Thomas. He'll be dropping by and uh, having a chat with us as well. He's also worked on many projects, one of which happened yesterday. Yeah, still a little tired from that one, but it was exciting. So I'm excited to talk to both of them and get their insights. But let's go ahead and drop on into our roundtable discussion. This one's going to be centered on tour do's and don'ts and also some fun venomous pink tour stories. This would be good. Now, um, <laughs> Ashley, we have her on the line. Hi, Ashley. How do you pronounce your last name? Uh, Berkowitz. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> she should know this. <laughs> well, I wanted to double check. I was like, fuck. It's I'm just like, going to say Big Red and we're going to go red. from there. <laughs> I was just going like, like there's, there's Big Red. No, uh, no telemarketers can ever pronounce it either. So. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, there you have it. So, um, why don't you first introduce yourself as far as what role you play in for the Venomous Pinks as far as a part of their crew? Well... I am the tour manager and I drive the van a lot because <laughs> I like to drive and nobody else barely does. So it kind of works out. Um, help out with merch and just general things like that. Um, and I guess as tour manager, soon we'll be tuning guitars and that'll be awesome. But until then, uh, basically just kind of help to coordinate things, times to leave and arrive, you know, what's sort of happening to make sure that things get done properly, that shows are underway as they should be, um, you know, asking different questions at the venues, like making sure we know, like, just kind of who to talk to, like, who's the point of contact, uh, you know, what's going on each night, uh, finding out that kind of stuff, and then just making sure everyone's in the van, whether they are alive or dead, that we don't leave anyone behind, deciding when we'll get food, and all kinds of really important stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, I'm super impressed because I see you turning around and you're counting heads like every time you do. If you never know. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. So as far as how you became the Pink Store Manager, tell us a little bit about that. Hmm. Well, that's kind of funny because it's sort of like I don't know exactly. <laughs> Just one day you're like, oh yeah, Ashley tore yeah, woke up. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess because ironically enough, I met the Venomous Pinks because I was doing uh, some booking and like merch and not exactly tour managing, but sort of maybe assistant tour managing uh, for some other bands uh, that toured and met them. And so I had some of that experience from that endeavor and then we kind of became friends and then it kind of worked out that I like touring and I've done it and my real world job has some flexibility so I can kind of get out on the road I enjoy traveling so it doesn't really bother me although being home is sometimes nice as well and so I think kind of all honestly I don't know like it kind of just came together I feel like it sort of just started happening once the band also started touring more in general because uh, that's a little bit more recent of a thing and yeah I feel like our crew just kind of came together if anyone else has any details to that story that I'm forgetting then let me know 
don't know. I, I love going on tour with you. It's super, fun. <laughs> super fun. Yeah. Um, so why don't you plug your real job? Like the mm-hmm. shop that you work at while yes. we're on the project. Uh-huh. So I did mostly spend the vast majority of my life in Phoenix, Arizona, but I now live in Salt Lake City, Utah, where I help run a very specialty ski shop called Free Heel Life, and it's for telemark skiing. So if any people out there listening are snow people, you might know what telemark is if you've ever seen anyone like drop a knee on the slopes like because basically your heel is not attached in the binding so you do you can do a lunging turn instead of like a regular parallel turn on skis and so it is like a little bit more challenging a lot of people appreciate the kind of the art of it and uh, you can use it to hike in the backcountry like outside of resorts and things like that and kind of find your own places to ski and it's it's fun the people are super cool it's something I never would have seen myself doing but we have a really chill crew and kind of like family and it's it's a pretty fun gig so it's pretty musical too your shop is it's yeah totally we actually started out selling like records and stuff too like in the shop and kind of making that a little bit a part of things and we do actually host bands out of space sometimes and things like that so yeah yes well and is venomous pinks one of the records that you guys sell oh yes yeah we definitely <laughs> we did we had the uh, the pink meat Nice. Yep. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So let's go get into some tour stories. Um, Let's talk about the scariest moment on tour. Let's go around the room. Like the scariest moment. Go, Ashley. Scariest moment? I don't know. I feel like luckily there haven't been a lot of scary moments, honestly, at least not that I can really think of right now. Um, Intense moment. Let's say intense moment. I mean, Andrea dying was pretty whatever because it was like, <laughs> you know, know, we're like driving in the van and like shit's going down and it's like, what are we going to do about the shows? And this is not the most optimal scenario for driving hours and hours of time and all kinds of stuff like that. So I think just trying to kind of figure out what was best in that scenario because there were sort of like a lot of moving parts, I guess, you know, to type that kind of address um, and make sure we did it the best that we could. Um Otherwise, I don't know. Honestly, I can't. I can't really think of it. I'm sure there's been like some stupid shit like on the road or something like that. Um, I also don't feel like there's been anything super weird at shows besides maybe kids drinking bleach at Gilman Street. That was kind of odd. <laughs> <laughs> I walked by how bleach affects people. Remember, remember no. like loading in gear, and then they're like, oh, "I should drink." bleach right now and I'm all please don't do that and then I was like I was like I just fucking mom somebody <laughs> which you probably should because like yeah, it's fucking bleach I drink bleach hello it's bad for you <laughs> yeah I know I mean no. if I delved back into like my past touring days not with the pinks like I mean I, I told you guys that like a legit insane person like chased us in broad daylight in Oakland down the street and we actually what? It, yeah, I wasn't there. Sounds Uh-oh. right. Yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. I'm or maybe sure I was. were there for that story. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so we were like, you know, we'd gotten to the venue earlier, or whatever, and um, I can't remember if at that point we'd loaded in or we're just hanging out, but who cares? Anyway, and so we're just chilling, and suddenly this lady is not she's not all there for whatever reasons and personally in her life. And she just was like, like running, like coming at us. And I <laughs> like, what the fuck? And so we just like literally ran. And then like my, my business partner, like 
he was just like, get in the van. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so we just ran over to the van, like got in the van, like closed the doors and locked it. And she was like banging on the van just, and this is like 4 PM or something. Like it wasn't even in the dark. Like it was, so that was like maybe a little bit of tense moment just cause didn't know when she was going to leave, didn't know what she was going to do. And luckily she did. So I've lived to tell the tale and here we are. This perfectly summarizes <laughs> Ashley because like, her and I, like, I feel we're awesome partners in crime. We joke around that <laughs> two of us together equals one person. <laughs> and one person is all the other person, right? Right? It's the A team, right? That's how we're rolling. So me working merch, you know, doing whatever. And then Ashley just rolling the shit. Me, I'm naturally like, oh, fuck, what's going on? Uh, uh, uh. Like, that's my energy inside <laughs> all the time. I'm like such a freak. And then there's Ashley, well, well, there's this person coming at me right now. <laughs> <laughs> kind of from. <laughs> but then she's like, well, you just described a frightening moment. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. uh, it was kind of intense. This is how she, <laughs> this is why she's the tour manager. Yeah. I've learned so much from her yeah. as a person. Like, oh. I, yeah. Just and I think that's down. one of the important things on the road is that it, it can be stressful yeah. uh, for any of us. Mm -hmm. And to have someone in charge who's just like, all right, guys. This is, and then, yeah. you know, just cool. Like, and yeah. we, defi we definitely need that. Because I know, sure. like, out of anybody in this band, I'm the one that's, like, fucking stressed all the time. And right. I show it a lot. <laughs> so, like, But you internalize it. You totally But do. they can they can see but it on my face. It. You guys <laughs> can see it on my face. You're like, oh, Girl, Chris, your face does fuck not out. What's wrong, boo-boo? I'm like, are, are you okay? okay? Or is it indigestion? <laughs> <laughs> Both are equally. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's why it's super important to have somebody like Ashley yeah. on your team. Yeah, I've learned a lot from you. So mm -hmm. as far as like, for instance, going back to Drea, we, we often referred to Drea dying in the van, but yeah. I mean, honestly, it was really scary. Um, we were coming um, back from, we were on Cali en route to Vegas and Drea hadn't been feeling well earlier the day before. And we've often discussed about your diabetes mm -hmm. and your health things, things that you got to watch out for, which is another big thing as a tour manager that is really, really something that you put on your priority list. Oh, all of us. All of yeah. Us. yeah. We're always watching out, making sure all of you guys are safe. And, um, but she was not doing well and she was, you know, we tried giving her medicine, you know, hydrate her. She just was not having it. And I remember sitting in the front seat, like I was shotgun, Ashley was driving the van and she's like, we we're trying to figure out like what we should do. And Drea was like passed out. And then all of a sudden it was the perfect moment because she was just like, you know, I'm just going to, we're just going to drive her there and she can make the decision right then and there, as opposed to asking her and making her worry for like an hour and a half to drive. So then I hop on and I start signing her in electronically to check in just in case. Then I hand the phone over to Gabby and she mm -hmm. fills out all the important information. Meanwhile, Cassie's looking back checking on her to make sure she's still breathing it was like perfect it was perfect like we yeah. all like Team silently yeah. and she had no idea and then and then it happened and then we had to cancel some tours and so you were driving the van again you um um both cassie and gabby were contacting people i was writing like basically a communication release to social medias so i mean seriously it takes like a crew of people you know to work makes the dream work exactly exactly so i think that that's one of the special things about the band that we're going to unreveal is that everyone has like their individual roles and it just kind of comes together 
in its own special way. So um, how about you guys? Any other fun stories we want to talk about on the road with mm -hmm. Ashley? <laughs> so many, right? So many catchphrases. <laughs> Dude. Oh, yeah, we've had some crazy. Well, back in the day yeah. when drinking was yeah. a big part of after party, yeah. there, there might have been a few twerk twerk offs and, yeah. and there were more than a few yeah. <laughs> <laughs> still going through the backlog for our throwback. I mean, we, we could, we'll still do that do that now sober but yeah with drinking yeah uh, but we just kind of remember it more sober right. <laughs> i gave these bitches one captain and sprite <laughs> me it me. That's what I said. <laughs> and there was a reason why I was video recording the whole thing. Because <laughs> I did not want to but, <laughs> but apparently, I don't know, I was sober on this last run and I did some pretty silly dance moves. I'm like, shit, we need some Insta material. Let's do this. People can laugh at my ridiculousness. I don't give a fuck. Buy a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel uh, overall we've been pretty lucky. We haven't had to deal with any drama two dramatic yeah instances it's been a good time sure but maybe once we get out more on the road <laughs> we'll run into for longer periods of time we'll have yeah. more stories we'll have more, stories. more crazy shit yeah. that'll happen oh, there you go the more that can happen <laughs> so. more tour more that can happen yay awesome <laughs> <laughs> so um you are going to be doing some other touring with them um uh, just a, I don't know if some, if, if let's say someone's like, I really, really want to be a part of a crew or be a tour manager. What kind of advice would you give them? I mean, I say you like experience. It's kind of like one of those things where, you know, you're like, well, I need, you know, an entry level job or if you're trying to gain experience so that you can move on up and whatever you want to do, I'd say for sure this, because there's so much, even at this point, I mean, I've toured a lot, like, and still, I, as we learned last time, like there's still stuff for sure to learn because every, every job, even if you're all just kind of out there. And I think that's, what's kind of cool about our crew as well is there is a lot of like, it's not like, this is my job and I do this and yeah. you know, whatever. It's like, we really all kind of just try to fill in and be there and do whatever's needed. And it's kind of casual in that regard, which is good. But, um, there is just so much like more than I think you would expect just kind of like coming into it if you hadn't ever like been around bands or been on tour or seen like kind of what happens before and after and during shows and stuff like that so I would definitely say you know start by just volunteering to come along right Angela and then you can sort of see how things yeah, go on the floor and photograph you guys <laughs> exactly yeah no because I mean I basically started like booking shows so that you know gave me a little bit of insight into sort of how that works and what like what kind of stuff happens with a show like what is the information just the basic shit like load in like what's that and you know things like that and um just knowing who to talk to and like what kind of people are involved at venues and stuff like that and then um selling merch is like a really easy thing because you can be there and interact with people and kind of see what goes on so I definitely say like don't think you can kind of just jump into it you know unless you do have that experience but um, you know, just volunteer to come along because it is fun. I mean, you definitely have to like traveling. You have to like being flexible. Um, I've slept in a lot of weird fucking places. And those are some good stories, actually. More like less less at the actual shows and more like the people that we have stayed with who like volunteered their homes to us. <laughs> those are some good times. So, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah it's, a, it's good. You know, just amazing. You can't really know what to do unless you're there and you do it and you see it. So, 
we slept in like a bomb shelter. What was that? It just, what did you call it? I, I called it a, um, like a, like a NATO shelter. Cause it looked like one of those tornado shelters yeah. like in Kansas, you know, cause it was like outside of the house with the door and you have to go down the stairs. Yeah. That so was like, yeah. that was great because we had yeah. to like leave it open. We we're all sleeping. <laughs> and, um, yeah, apparently <laughs> my snores sound like, a demon. <laughs> Like, we legit thought that yeah, I was, like, yeah. being possessed by a demon. <laughs> Gabby was protecting us yeah. all. She was like, yeah. yeah, but there. She slept next to me, machete. but she wasn't freaked out. But <laughs> poor Drea over here with no knife was like, what the fuck is going on with Angela? Gabby <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was freaked out that you might, like, roll over and kiss her or something because she wanted to <laughs> She put the metal pillow. That was metal so pillow. <laughs> like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm putting a pillow. A piddle. <laughs> piddle in the middle. She put a, a divider pillow. pillow. It was like, funny. I get it because you know, I mean, it didn't bother me. It didn't offend me because like you're used to sleeping with another. We don't want to make sure that, asleep, we want to make sure we know where we're at. Space. She's like, I am not Rico. Leave me be. This is your side, bitch. <laughs> but she also before night said, if anybody comes in, I will slay a demon for you. <laughs> That's a true fucking yeah, friend. Just up with the knife. Yeah. No, but going back to did what you really? Saying, yeah, 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 she did. Right next to me. Yeah, <laughs> she, she had to keep ready. the door open. She was yeah. like, yeah. "I'm gonna come in." So if they come yeah. in, they're gonna stab me first. In all fairness, <laughs> it was we left the door open, so airflow. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, the demons could have walked right in. So. Right. Right. <laughs> it's not like Loaded they could in. come through walls or yeah, anything they won't be weird, right, guys? Anyway, no. But going back to what you were saying about knowing your role and just knowing that we all have like the same, you know, cause is, is a big, big thing. Cause mm -hmm. there's certain tours that not all of us can go on to. And like, I was even talking to Kelsey yesterday, who's going on your next door. Mm -hmm. She's like, I wanted to know like what kind of, Oh, she asked. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I just, I just went good. down a list. I'm actually yeah. thinking of prepping like sheets of like everybody's allergies, like what kind of coffee they like oh. and just everything <laughs> to make sure they're taken care of. Yep. Yeah. Because it's, it's not all about like, oh, I don't get to go on this, this run or this person's, it's all about, no, we're all supporting it and everyone can be a part of the family and yeah. let's just make sure these bitches are taken care of. Cause even if I'm in Arizona and they're in fucking Utah somewhere, actually you have Utah, but if they're in like somewhere <laughs> else, like, I don't know. Kansas. I don't know. Yeah. They're texting me like, Angela, shit's going down. I need you to write XYZ. I'm hopping on it. And I'm like, I'm always a part of the Pink's crew, even if we're not in the van, right? Totally. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So uh, before we wrap this up, I wanted to go over some tour essentials, things that I've observed that are good to take on the road. Mm -hmm. So first aid kit, right? Water, mm -hmm. food, but make sure your cooler has ice in it, <laughs> right? It doesn't. Coolers without ice. Yeah. Nope. Ashley will so, find you. If yeah. <laughs> we we actually, we accidentally had cheese and sausage in a cooler and forgot about it, and, see, and it was after like the first day of tour on this last run, so the entire thing smelled like stinky. Not cheese. okay. Not, okay. Not, cool. <laughs> Not cool. Not cool. Not cool. So sleeping bags, pillows, air mattresses, wipes like sanitizing wipes are good. Neck pillows, makeup remover, cloths. Yeah. yeah. Because I have like this thing where I have different steps but i'm like bitch i need to get those cloths it's just one white thing and, uh <laughs> body spray hand sanitizer be prepared to do your hair and your makeup on the road in a van in a yeah. van while it's, while so it's going act accordingly <laughs> yeah and travel size everything yeah, yeah. travel size everything because every little bit adds to the weight because if you bring it you carry it you got to do it in one 
One, one bag. bag. <laughs> one bag, man. But I got a camera bag. That's part of my gear. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> anything else you want to add as far as any sort of like essentials to bring on the road? Um, no, I think you pretty much covered it there. Just anything that makes stuff more convenient, particularly because, you know, you're like tired. <laughs> and, you, yeah. and you don't get showers so like dry exactly. shampoo exactly yeah Ooh, dry shampoo yeah. another like huge tour essential for me is uh dryer sheets because mm. you don't do laundry so if you're on the road for like over a week or and you're sweating in your clothes every day yeah. so if you stick <laughs> some dryer sheets in like your dirty clothes bag it's not gonna smell bad or yeah. messy. a dirty clothes Dude. bag that's in the one bag Dude, yeah, yeah you right. get a box yep. of them and just put a couple in there and you're set you're set yeah. yes i would say a phone charger and then on this last run, I want to, <laughs> we need a, a phone holder for like yeah. GPS. Oh yeah. We don't oh, have. I almost brought one too. And then, yeah. Yeah. Auxiliary cord. How about you, Gabby? Any additional essentials that you bring? Uh, can't think of any right now. You guys covered everything. You want to yeah, invest yeah. in a hot spot too. That's one thing that we said that we want to do because some of us like we have to do homework or work yeah. on the road. Yeah. That's and we had it. issues trying to yeah. stay connected. So it's yeah, my phone network sucks anywhere. Yeah. So if you do if you do need to do work or like use your laptop and stuff, um, you should have one of those if you've ever seen where you can actually plug in your regular like electrical oh, yeah. thing and it so like the the box plugs into like the cigarette lighter deal and then the volt thing in a car and then you plug your actual like laptop charger like into it you know it's i don't know what is that called like a one ten volt or something i have one i just forgot to bring it yeah i have one too (laughs) (laughs) and 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 also a wireless charger so a charger that you don't need to plug in yeah yeah those are always helpful too well ashley you have been an inspiration to me in many ways i love (laughs) how we lift each other up and it's awesome to be on the road i can't wait for more for adventures with you. So thanks for being with us. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Thank you again, Ashley, for joining us. We're going to step into the Q&A session with the ladies. It's time to dive into the herstory of the pinks. Now, before we get started into the segment, I want to disclaim that we are about to discuss members that are no longer in the lineup of the Venomous Pinks. Now, the intent is to bring forth the history of the band and the timeline, and we're no way trying to bash or disregard any past members since they play a part of the story. And however, this is a part of their journey, and so we want to give listeners a full picture of what they've been through. So without further ado, let's talk, ladies. Um, So I would like to start off by going around the room and discussing what inspired you first to become a musician or how you were inspired to become a musician let's start with you again <laughs> uh well i've been playing music since i was like seven in seven school years. or <clears throat> bands and and i don't know once i moved to the u.s i started getting t- started getting into like pop punk and since then i've always wanted to be on stage and play nice oh. and uh what musical instruments do you play uh right now uh, guitar, bass, sometimes drums, but I trying. <laughs> uh, back in the day, I used to play like trumpet and the violin. That was fun. You play your voice. Yeah, that you too. sing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I try. <laughs> awesome, thanks. Yeah. All right, Cassie, how'd you get into music? Um, actually, when I was really small, my dad played a little bit of acoustic guitar, and he'd I'd always go with him to the music store, the music shop. 
And uh, I remember one time he brought me down there, and he was, like, at the front desk checking out, and there they had, like, a line of business cards. And he was like, if you could learn any instrument, what would it be? And I looked at all the business cards, and right away I was like, drums. Like, I felt like that was my calling. Like, mm. I was like, everyone plays guitar. I don't want to play, you know, everyone plays bass. Like, I want to play drums. Like, it just felt like... That's like, awesome. Yeah. So, um, after that... I had less, I had like two lessons and like it didn't really work out. But then I started taking it in school, in middle school, once I first started offering it. And I just did it ever since, like all throughout high school, everything. Well, you went marching band. I was, I was the biggest bangy. I was in marching band, orchestra, concert band, jazz band. Damn. I was in the, I was being geek too. Yeah. Huge, huge, huge bang. I wanted to play the drums, but my mom wouldn't let me. I got Aww. the clarinet. <laughs> <laughs> and I was flag line captain. What? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I feel a lot of really great drummers have that foundation mm-hmm. of drum line because there's yeah. intense exercises and things you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, marching with, like, the drums and yeah. stuff and the heat. Like, it was, like, yeah. And it's not just walking people. I mean, yeah. there's yeah. specific And you got to lead people. It. Like, I was a drum. I was, like, the section leader for drums, too. So I had to, like, keep everyone, like, in check. You know, it's hard because you're with a bunch of high schoolers and they're all just freaking banging on their drums. It's like, shut up. Like, stop playing, you know? So it's like... <laughs> Early yeah. on, you were just trying to make yeah. it happen. That's yeah. awesome. Drea, let's talk about you. How'd you get into music? Um, I got my first guitar when I was, I think, 12. Didn't really take it serious until I met a couple of friends in senior year of high school. And they were like, we're starting a band. You should be in our band. I'm like, all right, cool. So <laughs> I had an ele- uh, electric, and I just honestly like just started to learn how to play by ear, yeah. like power chords. Uh, and it wasn't until I saw that Donna's, I think, senior year... On stage, Donna R. playing the, the fuck out of her Gibson, and it was like, I fucking want to do that. Hmm. And at the time, my brother was in a band, too. So it was more of like a competition thing for me. It was like, he's doing it. Why can't I do it? Yeah. Hmm. Um, so I started my first band called My Doll, and here we are today with the Venomous Pinks. Wow. Yeah. So that actually brings me into the next question. How did the Venomous Pink start? Like, what's the inspiration behind the name? Because you're the only original member, right? That is true. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, yeah. Uh, um, Love you, boo, but I'm going to ask these questions. uh, (laughs) uh, So we started the Venomous Pinks at the time because there wasn't really any girl punk bands in Phoenix um the only bands we did really have at the time were like green lady killers and and they're more of a rock band than a punk band so me and sue the old bass player the first bass player we were like hey we should start a girl punk band and we put out an ad on the new times and you could put ads on the new times (laughs) well you know online ad and actually julie uh replied to it julie neff julie neff Mm -hmm. replied to it and she was so excited in her email. She was like, fuck yeah, this is something I want to do. I've been looking for a punk band. Um, so I had her come down. I sent her a couple demos. She learned them. She came down to the studio that we were practicing at. And it just kind of went from there. It was like, all right, this is our drummer. Um, let's start working on songs. And we, I think we played our first show with Julie like four weeks later after just jamming together. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and it, as far as like the band name, I think it was more of a play on just a bad girls club. Kind of off 
the pink ladies from Greece. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just a bad girls club, I guess. Like <laughs> venomous pinks. Yeah, You're so bad girl. Yeah, <laughs> you so bad. You bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you did have um, an original bassist too, right? That um, is no longer with us, right? Because there's Gabby, right? So yeah. let's talk a little <laughs> bit about how that happened. Um, so. I, you know what? I, I think it was a lot of different things. Sue was a mom, and she just had mom things going on. Um, mom in it. She just had a baby that put the band on hiatus for a couple of months. And during that time, me and Julie wrote you know new songs and everything like that. And I, I think there was frustration on my part and Julie's part because we wanted to move forward as far as like playing and going out of town more. And it was a little bit limited because of Sue, you know, and just not being able to travel with having kids and a a real job. She has an adult job, like, go figure. Um, So long story even longer, I, me and Julia had already kind of discussed bringing in another person to play actual guitar. And just the way the timeline worked out, I reached out to Gabby Chaos on Twitter of all places and I was like, hey dude, <laughs> yeah. like because I knew she wasn't in a band um, mm-hmm. at the time and I was just like, hey, what are you working on? Um, what's what do you like what are you into? Like what are you doing right now? Um, so we started talking back and forth on Twitter and then just just the timing of it, there was a really bad show that happened in uh, up north in northern Arizona, and Sue quit on stage. Like, uh, <laughs> like a fucking punk like, rock star. Yeah. She was like, fuck this, I quit. She played the set. She was like, fuck this, I quit. Played the set, and then was like, I'm, I'm done. Is it yeah. bad that I wish I was friends with you so I could have been photographing that moment <laughs> in time? Is that bad of me? I yeah. just like, fuck, that's intense. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. knowing, like, if, if, I don't know... If Ashley was around, she would have, like, settled it yeah. down, so it yeah. all happened. It was just, like, things just escalated if, yeah. Yeah, with her, and, and, I mean, honestly, it's it's a learning experience, for sure, yeah. on how to handle that kind sure. of situation. <laughs> so, Gabby, I actually got to photograph your first show yeah. with the Pinks, mm-hmm. and me and you, separately, were mm-hmm. friends before then, yeah. and... Um, I saw you just like transitioning and developing, growing as mm-hmm. a bassist with the pinks and changing, not changing your style, evolving, evolving as a musician. Yeah. Um, so what was that transition like for you trying to come into this like other established band that was like known in the scene? Were you guys established? <laughs> oh, shit. Real talk. Ooh. Well, no, just you know, trying to be around for a couple, yeah. a couple years. Once she so yeah, people knew who the Venomous Pinks were. <laughs> yeah. They knew who they were, but but it wasn't. That was also another one of my questions I kind of want to get into because yeah. there was definitely a shift. And there was a conscious shift because in the beginning parts of our, our photo shoots, it was a lot of, like, drinking and partying right. and having a good time. And then the next photo shoot, you're like, no, we're trying to, Oh, yeah, you know, because the Venomous Pinks was a party band in the beginning, yeah. uh, definitely. We were, like, getting wasted on stage, like, throwing beer at each other. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, it used to be, like, yeah. a good time. Like, we just used to get crazy with each other and... Uh, it wasn't until Gabby Chaos came in that we kind of just like <laughs> really looked at the image we were trying to portray as females <laughs> in the industry and what like what do we really want to say about yeah. the Venomous Pinks? Yeah. Like, are we just a party band, or are we more than that? Are we actual like a fucking punk rock band that yeah. you yeah, should I mean, listen to? Yeah, because I had the what was the name 
that was going around town, the venomous the skanks. venomous skanks yeah. or something like that. So I had my own. <laughs> oh shit! I totally so, so forgot I had my about own, that. Like, I remember that. Should I join them or not join them? Because again, oh. it was my reputation too from my previous <laughs> band. So, but I took the chance yeah. and because you yeah. were in like Lookout Look, that definitely yes. had a lot of momentum, right. You know, going on right. even nationally, it wasn't just my right. so. circuits. But yeah, I was gonna go play guitar, and then I ended up playing bass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just like cool. I guess so, I'm switching it up. Yeah, so here I am. <laughs> but you also have a musical business background. You've yeah. always had that work ethic. That, right, I yeah. mean, music is number one, but mm-hmm. you also are very serious about it. Right. So I'm like, oh, well, I can probably help them out, and mm-hmm. they can keep me playing. So it, it turned out good Yeah. so far. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Well, um, as far as that transition, it was really interesting from the outskirts to watch. Um, there was a point where you guys were doing a photo shoot where you guys were trying to get in girly makeup and do wear different outfits that were you. I looked <laughs> yeah. back at those photos recently that I took, and I'm like, this they're isn't hilarious. Even, yeah, this isn't even I want to see those. It is yeah. hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so bad. You. It's so ridiculous. Like not you shooting them, but well, like it just. Well, at the time we had, we just had too it. many like people, too many cooks influencing. In no, do this, look this way, yeah. dress this way, and we just yeah. kind of weren't being true to ourselves. Yeah. We we're trying to do. I don't go. know. Are you, are you showing it? Yeah, I'm showing it to her. Man, she looks pissed. Andrea <laughs> <laughs> was straight up pissed. I was like, can I do something? No, she was pissed yeah. at the producer. Oh my god, <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, it's, Gabby's it's, the only one who like looks happy. Like, let me know? see. She's like, eh, oh god, <laughs> dude, that photo forever will be on that punk news I know, website. Know. Fucking sucks. Yeah. yeah. You're just like uh, punk news. If you listen to this, please update the band picture. (laughs) (laughs) We love you. Please. All right. So we also, at some point, you brought in Corey, which Drea, you've already played with her previously. Right. What was that like? What was the decisioning for that? So we wanted to thicken our sound with another guitar player. And obviously, we've already been established. We've been playing with Gabby for years at this point. Um, So it's scary deciding to bring somebody new in because sure. it to- it changes your dynamic as a group. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to go with Corey because I trusted her and I knew how she played and I knew that Corey honestly is like a walking Switzerland. She is yeah. neutral. <laughs> she will be friends with the left and the right. She just, you know, that's just Corey. She's like, I, I don't want to be in your drama. I support you. I support you. Mm-hmm. And that's why we love her, right? Because she's yeah. just fucking easy to get along with so it was just <laughs> obvious to me to like bring in Corey and have her you know be the second guitar player in the band and so we brought her in and practiced with her mm-hmm. a couple times and i had already made my decision so it's up to that point we had actually had some other people come in and, and jam too and uh i was like honestly it was up to julian and gabby to, yeah. uh, do you like her yes or no check check mark one yes or no like because yeah, i i'm important. a yes yeah mm-hmm. She added this, like, rock kind of metal. Huh. Yeah, so her style of playing is a little bit more metal-ish and a little yeah. heavy-handeder, and it it just made the sound a little more thicker and tougher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More badass. So, um, Corey moves to Seattle. Yeah. You guys. Plot twist. Yeah, plot, plot twist, twist <laughs> bitches. Plot twist. So, she moves to <laughs> Seattle, and you guys make it work for a while, but then... It didn't. <laughs> so right. what, what happened and why? It got too expensive. It got too expensive. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I 
but what's interesting to me before we get into more of band alignment changes, I just want to say that you and Corey are still best friends. Oh yeah, you guys are mm-hmm. still friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's still a huge supporter of the Pinks, but you guys kind of told her bye, girl, bye. Right? That was hard. That was like the hardest yeah. moment it, for you. Well, right? it was hard because nobody fucking wanted to do it, and I had to like step up and do it. And that's my best friend. Damn. Yeah. Fuck. But she kind of already knew, though, because she would always right. put it out there that if you guys need to move on, just let me know. But like, it's one of the, cool yeah, but it's right. one of those feelings, yeah. like, when you're about ready to break up with someone, <laughs> and, and they know. She knew it was <laughs> she coming. Knew. Yeah. She yeah. knew. She knew. Well, and that's the, the other thing about this whole transition from Seattle, was that she, from day one, she was like, if this doesn't work out, and you guys want to get another guitar player, just tell me, and that's Okay. Right. Like, it, I'm, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, we tried to make it work, and it worked for a little bit, but it was just getting too expensive on her part. So the decision came. Um, actually, before she moved to Seattle, we were like, you know what? We should probably get somebody in town mm-hmm. who can play last-minute shows. Right. Because you guys get that a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we'll get asked to play really big shows because the last of, minute of, of somebody will drop off. Who the fuck like, drops hey. off of some of these shows, right. by the way? Like, <laughs> right. Like, who does that? So Who says no to some of these shows? Like Alkaline yeah. Trio, who says no to that? I oh. know. <laughs> what? <laughs> Crazy. Sorry. Um, uh. So the decision, we were like, we should probably find somebody in town. That's how Miranda came in into the lineup. Miranda Duffy, right? Yeah. Right. And you saw her, Gabby. You mm-hmm. kind of recognized her through your te- uh, Teenage Bottle Rocket cover band, which you did with my yeah. husband on drums. And oh. yeah, we. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah they did a TBR yeah, cover band. Yeah, actually, today on the Time Hop on Facebook. It came it, up. It yeah, came up today. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I saw her. I used to follow. Well, I still follow her on Instagram, and she used to post a lot of covers. And like, she was really. She is a good mm. guitar player. Mm-hmm. And so when that decision came to be, I'm like, hey, I, I might know someone that might be interested. And so I hit her up, and she was stoked. So, right, and it, it was it was always clear made clear to her that hey, you're a fill in, and Corey's still in the band at this point. Um. So speaking of Miranda, uh, you guys had her in the band for a while, did some tours, and then she became full-time. Right. Okay. So after that, you guys did a little bit of uh, rearranging. And that was after some killer gigs, including Punk Rock Bowling, Girl Gang Tour, to name a few. But there was something overall that uh, changed within the band dynamic. Yeah. So let's talk about that change and shift right before the big, the The, big change. um, (laughs) I mean... Are you talking about just it, the inner workings within the band? There was like a shift between because all of you guys, like Corey left, right? Miranda came in full time. You guys were rocking, things were moving forward. But I remember seeing you guys on stage, and it seemed like you guys were just playing to play. It wasn't, there was, you guys lost a lot of your heart, I feel, a lot of your drive, like within the performance. Uh, do you guys mind talking a little bit about what changed within, you know, you guys as individual musicians and the pinks and what led to the decision to (laughs) realign everything? Go ahead. It's all me. Yeah. Uh, I I guess a lot of letdowns and, uh, not being able to play things or do things. And as a musician, you want to grow, but when someone's pulling you back, it, you kind of resent people or 
And I mean, we weren't very good at, well, we were kind of good at communicating, but it was for years. So it wasn't like a, a sudden it thing. happened like yesterday. Like this was building up for years of missed opportunities and like missed tours, missed miss gigs. tours, gigs, big shows, um, just yeah, not yeah. being able to play out of town. And, um, so I, I also heard about like rehearsals were kind of a thing too. It was hard to get everyone together. Well, when we would get together, uh, being quote unquote like the leader of this, um, for me, it, looking around, looking at my band, seeing everybody on their phone, not into what we're doing. Um, okay. and it was just. I'm why like, are why we are we this? even doing this? Yeah. Yeah. So there was a lot of communication, you said. There was a lot of like, hey, guys, we need to tour more. Right. Mm-hmm. We need to play bigger shows. We want to take Let's this Let's try. What are we doing? Are we just going to be the Venomous Pinks from Tampa, Arizona, and that's it? Like, that's it. Is this what we're doing? Because if it is, and when let's, you know, if be on the same page about things. And that's really what it was. Like how long were you unhappy, Drea? Um I feel like maybe the past two two years really. Like it wasn't an overnight thing for me. It wasn't. Okay. It's easy to like be accused of that online and be like, well this came out of nowhere. Well no, there was discussions and conversations about goals and focus and what we were doing um but i wasn't feeling satisfied with the direction we were going right i needed more well and it also a sense correct me if i'm wrong you and gabby were like this is life like we could quit our jobs tomorrow if something big happens yeah right and that wasn't necessarily Aligned with the rest of the band. Right. Exactly. Correct. Okay. So let's talk about it. Okay. We got four members in there. We got, at this point, Drea, Gabby, Drabby. (laughs) (laughs) We got Drabby. Right. And we got Miranda and we got Julie. Right. And again, I personally like and love those two band members. I've worked on projects with them. I still consider them people that I admire. So again, this is not bad talking anyone whatsoever. It's explaining what happened. So at some point, there was a thought, we need to move forward. Yeah. What was the final straw that made you guys be like, a change has got to happen? We got asked to play with Alkaline Trio in... Uh... Which would be huge for us. Right. That's your for favorite. Anyone. It's Gabby's favorite fucking band. Yeah. That's like your list. Her, yeah. That's yeah. your bucket I list. I have flown to AZ in a heartbeat. <laughs> I'm like, I'm taking the next freaking flight out here. Later yeah. Why do I imagine you holding a baby and then just dropping it? Fuck, I gotta go. My my venomous no, pink probably, sense it'd probably be a, It'd probably be a dog in my... In yeah. My <laughs> yeah. Oh, puppers. Yeah. Oh, poor little well, Chevy. <laughs> but... Yes, on a serious note, it was that missed opportunity, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, after that, it was uh, just not the same for me. At least, I was at that point. I was I had to have a serious talk with Drea. I'm yeah, like, we have to do something, or I'm leaving. It, we oh got to that wow! Point. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so because I needed to further my career because this is my life. Mm-hmm. This is 
See, and that's yeah. a tidbit that mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't know. And I've mm-hmm. been on the road with you guys for a very yeah. long time, considering you guys one of my best friends, mm-hmm. and I did not know that. And yeah. that is a yeah. big element that I think a lot of people don't realize. So yeah. she said, she was like, if this doesn't change, if we don't, you know, if this doesn't, if we don't do something about this, I'm done. Yeah. Right. And it wasn't necessarily the lineup change. It was moving the band forward. Attitudes. And we had to do something. Something. Yeah. Priorities. Right. Yeah. Whether like it was that. like getting a fill-in drummer or, mm-hmm. or something along those lines. Right. But well, something needs to change. Otherwise, I'm done. Riddle so, me this. Riddle me this. Why wasn't there a fill-in drummer? I've seen tons of... Like, for instance, Cassie, you can play one of them because you were, I don't know, being a rock star with Union 13 in Europe. Yeah. And so you got... Chip Hanna, I know yeah. he's he's kind of an okay drummer. I'm being very sarcastic, <laughs> but seriously, big fucking right. deal. Yeah. yeah, like you were cool. That like, why yeah. wasn't that an option? I don't know, and that was one of the frustrations in the whole the whole decision is we've talked about. Hey, if somebody can't do the show, like let's get a fill in. Yeah, and for whatever reason, that was always off off the table. People yeah. feel threatened. That's the main reason why people don't like that. They feel like, like they they want they want everyone else to suffer for them, but they feel threatened and they don't want, you know, to, you know, help their band or like whatever move forward and, you know, right. I, I I feel like that's the biggest thing is people feel threatened, but sure, you know, sure. you can't have your cake and eat it too, you know, like Right. <laughs> There's right. got to be some compromise. Yeah, there's got to be, be compromise. You know, yeah. if you're going to hold people back, then help them out in finding, you know, a solution, you know? Right, yeah. Well, and I think that there was also other instances that were going on where people were showing up late to big things, not communicating. There was, like, mm. a band members that would basically be touring and leaving states without telling you guys. Um, I don't know. Personally, I mean, we're in a podcast and I'm a part of the Pink's crew, but I'm not in a band with you guys. I mean, uh, unofficially, but not really. But I still am like, hey, guys, I'm going up north for the weekend. Just so you know, I'm off my phone and I still yeah. end up being on my phone. Yeah. But still, like like <laughs> right. the other day, I'm like, I'm doing homework. I'm signing off. And I still end up. And then up. hours yeah, later, like, like hey, guys. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> Missed you. Hit me. Hit me. No, but seriously, I think that there was like a lack of dedication and communication with other we're not pointing fingers but this is a combination between said members that right. we were having issues with and right i have my whole thing is like i have no problem with people playing in other bands right just be open and honest and communicate yeah did you find out communicate about it? what yeah. you're doing like hey i can't i'm i'm gone these days okay cool tell me i'll put it in the band calendar Right, and you guys have a band because ca- we, we have, have a band not just be gone. Right, and it's like, oh, Gabby's in Mexico right now, playing <laughs> no. with another. Ba- okay, right. hi, and it's yeah. very easy, like because we even have a Sound Sister calendar that we sync up to all your band stuff, so yeah. we're all in the know with everything so, of what we do. I mean, I know what you're asking. So, like, one of the final straws for that was uh, honestly finding out that th- they were playing tour dates, mm-hmm. a lot of tour dates, <laughs> <laughs> a lot, which. You know, I just booked. I we we all just booked of this little run we're going to be doing in October. You plan that shit months yeah. ahead. No it's idea. all hands and on we deck. Had, we yeah. had no idea. I fa- we found out about it because it their guitar player posted dates, and I was like, huh, okay, I guess she's going to be gone. Yeah, and didn't say anything. And one of the arguments that was online regarding that was like, nothing I've done with other bands has 
impacted with the venomous pinks. But I think it was more a respect thing for you guys, kind of, too, because it was like, okay, but there, there's common courtesy. We're a family. Yeah. Why isn't there communication? Right. I, I think you didn't feel you were valued yeah, I did, yeah, and it felt just kind of like not an respected. Yeah, an afterthought. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the big breakup happens, right? Right. You, um, you and I had talked a lot about this. Yeah. Um, I, I like to think that I canceled you guys through a lot of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you wanted to do it originally face to face, but things yeah. progressed through text message, right? Yeah. And then you ended up having to communicate. This was with Julie, but then with Miranda, you had to communicate through email. Um, after that, there was a big social media outlash that happened. Yeah. yeah. I felt like a lot of it was like cyberbullying. People mm-hmm. were gaining up on you guys. Yeah. There was a lot of people showed their true colors. Yeah. In their defense, I do understand mm-hmm. why, because they're hurt. Like, I'm sorry, you get broken up with. They're fucking yeah, pissed. Of course. They felt, oh, so I have no say in this. I have this. I have that. So you came back very diplomatically after just being silent. Mm -hmm. And I can tell our listeners, Drea was fucking depressed. And I, she, I've never seen you that upset. And it still is hard for her emotionally. And like, I'm sorry, I'm going to, she's tearing up right now. So I don't, any person out there that says that she just, didn't care or disregarded anybody else's feelings. That is a hundred percent false because you don't fucking know Drea. You don't fucking know Gabby and you don't understand what went on. Maybe there was opportunities in the situation, but I mean, no one plans these things like, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's life, you know? Mm -hmm. So obviously, you know, a lot of people were hurt. They, they, they backlash things like that. I think even there was conversations with Drea asking, like, why am I even doing this? You know, and this was like, like, why am I even playing music? And anybody that knows Drea knows that music is like, gives her the reason to breathe. And so um, I love you, Drea. It's okay. It's okay. Um, This is why we're doing this. People need to know, like, the truth behind what happened. Um, And again... You know, they have Miranda and Julie have their own journeys. They have a right to their feelings. And of course, if someone broke up with me in a band, I'd be fucking hurt and upset too. But on the flip side, there's two sides to every story. So after a while, things settled down and um, Gabby helped you do a video. Yeah. That you post on social media. Um, what was the reasoning behind that? Um, I think uh, it was just. I think we owed it to our fans to say, hey, um, we know things are a little crazy right now on in the social media world. Um, we're not trying to ignore you. Um, and honestly, I, I did not want to stoop to a level where I was reacting, overreacting right away. So, we, yeah, we waited a week and uh, – and maybe people felt it was too long of a wait, but I feel it was what was right for us. And um, I, in the video, it was it was more of like, hey, like this is what's going on with us. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> we're moving forward as a band. I and 
really, we didn't do this to, like, be bitches or, you know, anything like that. It was just, it, it needed to be done. And um, the only regrettable thing about that is that conversations, some conversations do need to happen in person. And unfortunately, the power of technology and text messaging, things escalated in a way that they shouldn't have. And I can take responsibility and maybe I should have stepped back and been like, hey, let's seriously like meet in person and not like just fed into what what she was saying back to me at the time. Um, So, yeah, that that video was more for our fans just to let them know, like, hey, I'm sorry it's taken us this long to say something about this breakup. Well, and going back to what you were saying, how you guys waited a week. Yeah. Everyone is different. And I know Drea, she is one of these people that she has to like think about things and she mm-hmm. has to really, really, that's one of the beauty things that I admire about you. And so, you know, people in this day and age are so instantaneous with their information. Everybody wants to know now, 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 now. And you know what? A lot of that, yeah, some people were probably upset. Some people were hurt. There was probably some fans that were lost. That's okay. You know, people have their loyalties. We're not pointing blame at anything. But I also think a lot of people fed into it because it was the new drama for the week, and that's what they could read in their fucking cubicles at work. And that is just breeding hate. Like, that's just terrible. Again, like, everybody has the right to their own outlet and venue. Yeah. You know, Miranda and and, uh, uh, Julie both you know, have a right to express themselves how they see fit. Um, But I do feel that there was certain instances where there were people that were directly attacking you guys when they had no fucking right to. And that was the hardest part too, was seeing like supposed friends just chime in with their two cents without even asking you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Like ask, ask me or Gabby what, what's going on. Don't just feed into the drama. People do that, you know? Yeah. That's, social media for you yeah. you know yeah. people are just yeah. so quick to just you know jump on the hype and ah you know yes yeah. it's like it's like a a bunch of animals like yeah off of a prey yeah. or and something they, and people attacking. love that they it, like live off of that like drama like, yeah ooh. If, and it you know? fucks with you right like, yeah. if, you, if you've yeah. ever anybody listening you've ever like been personally attacked it fucks with you yeah, yeah. it does they were attacking Trolls. you as like even how you looked, I thought. Like, didn't they attack? Maybe it's not how you, how you look. How you played. Sorry, yeah. not how you look, but how not you played. Not being able to tune specifically. Yeah, coming specifically. from people who've never touched an instrument in their life, too. So it's like I am really? sitting right here, Cassie. No, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. But but I mean, in all fairness, it's a very sensitive subject, and all feelings were hurt, you know. And I know even like Gabby, who had that ultimatum she confided in me personally i'm just gonna say you're like i feel really bad i feel like this i caused this and you know what i mean but i also know that i need to do what's right and what's best for me you know and we got to figure it out and you know people need to realize there's actions to consequences on all parties involved and there was hurt from all angles not just from the two that everyone thinks Mm -hmm. there was so if anybody gets anything out of this episode, you know, it wasn't any intentional hurt, but it happens, you know? And mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of bands go through lineup changes. And, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I can tell that this was the hardest one for you, aside from Corey, you know? But that's another thing, too, I'd like to bring up. 
Corey, you guys all kicked her out and they right. made you do that as yeah. her best friend. Yep. And you're still going to her fucking wedding and things are great. Yeah. And yeah. I know. So all breakups don't have to be. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I know since you've tried reaching out and, you know, it's okay. People have their own journeys. I can say before we wrap this segment up, because <clears throat> I'm, I'm done living with the past yeah. and I want everyone else to be done with it. And so that's why we're airing this out. Miranda is doing amazing things with her music still. She's off with the Limit Club. They're doing lots of tours. They're playing lots of shows per per usual. And then also, Julie Neff has joined a band called uh, The Bad Janets, and she's with some other hard hitters that's been around the scene in Arizona. So um, I just want to say Sound Sisters actively supports and wishes them the best in everything they do musically because mm-hmm. – we are about a community of trying to support other people. So accidents happen. Sometimes things go the way that, that we don't always plan it to be. But ultimately, we are sending love. Yeah. So mm-hmm. is there anything else you guys would like to add to that? I mean, just what you said. Um, it, it, I think it's awesome that they're still playing music. Um, as long as you're still playing and having fun, that's what matters. Yeah. You know, Because right. um, it wasn't fun for you for a while. It wasn't fun for a long time. Right. So, uh, and yeah. now we could talk about how it is fun, right? <laughs> right. So, anything. I hope it's fun. It's amazing. <laughs> we're going to switch gears now and we're going to talk to Cassie. She is the newest member of the band. Cassie, what is up, girl? Hi. Hi. <laughs> so, You are actually a drummer that has been well-known in another band. What band is that? Uh, Union 13? No big deal. (laughs) No fucking big deal. Union 13. And every year you get to tour Europe, Mexico. It's chill, right? It's pretty chill. (laughs) No, but um, that's a crazy story how you got that gig. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, um... I, I kind of have the same mindset as Gabby. Music's my life. That's all I've ever wanted to do. I've nothing else. There's nothing else I've ever wanted to do. So um, I just, you know, ever since I could play in bands, I think I was like 14 or whatever. I've just been playing in bands and playing shows. Union 13 was one of my idols. Uh, when I first started playing drums, I used to like play along to them in my garage and like never in a million years did I think I would ever be playing with them. Um, they played a show in the Bay where I'm from, at Gilman actually. That's when I met them. Fucking Gilman. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got there super early and like we were just talking, and um, they they were talking about how they needed a drummer and I was like, oh my god, I play drums, I know all your songs, please let me play with you. And they're like, oh okay, like whatever. Like we were talking and then they're like, all right, well send us like a YouTube video. So I sent them a YouTube video, which is still up on YouTube. It was my like audition video for them, and then after I sent them the video, they're like all right, cool. Like you're in, you just got to come to LA. So (laughs) what I was doing was, uh, I was still working my job in the Bay. So I would go, I would drive to LA, play a show with them, drive back home to make it back to work the next, the next day. Wow. So I always had someone with me. Like I would bring my cousin or like a friend, you know, but like it got like, I used to like sleep at truck stops because I'd have to like drive like for hours, you know, play a show and then drive back. So I would like pull over at truck stops with like, get like an hour of sleep and then get back on the road. Um, and then eventually I got a job, 
a job transfer and I moved out to LA to play with them. And um, yeah, it's been, I've been there ever since. Dang. It was, yeah, and it was, it was scary because like, like when I first moved there, I didn't know anyone at all in LA. I had no fa- friends, no family, and I was living in a garage with no air conditioning. And it was like, I was sleeping on a couch and I cried like every day. I was like, I don't know anyone. I don't have any friends, but <laughs> I would have been your friend. Yeah, it was, it was, it was hard. It was really hard. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is all you want to do. Like, don't give up now because you don't know what it's, how it's going to turn out. If you give up now and go back home, you're going to regret this for the rest of your life. Cause yeah. you don't know what other opportunities could come of this. So I'm like, I'm just going to stick it out and see what happens. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't work out, then I'll just go back home. But I can't go back home now. And I stayed there and it was the best decision of my life, of my life. I met so many people I've met and played with my idols. I've met these guys like, yeah, yeah it was like a life changing experience. Let's like, talk about no looking back. Yeah, this little meeting with, <laughs> yeah, yeah. with, with you guys. I feel like there is. Yeah. A lot of like band matchmaking that was going on <laughs> in the works, too. You know, you guys met on. I met you on the Girl Gang tour yeah. with the rest of the ladies. You were yeah. with um, a band. Yes. Um, we'll leave the band name out. So, um, <laughs> yeah. but you were with them, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about what it was like when you first heard the Pinks. Um, I remember when we had that tour, and I saw them. I was just completely blown away. Like, and the two people that stood out to me were Gabby and Drea. Like, I saw them <laughs> on both sides, and they just had this stance. And I was like, fuck. Like, yeah. And then, like, when they were playing, I was like, man, they're freaking, they're hard. She had a you band know? crush. She was yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I was like, man, they're so dope. Like, I wish I could fucking just jam out with them, you know? Yeah. And, like, I, I felt it, like, for sure. I was just like, man, they're so sick. Yeah. yeah, and then meanwhile, <laughs> I mean, you, you two over there, meanwhile. you little beezies. I mean, you guys weren't like scheming or anything on this tour. It was no. just, it, but you guys, yeah. she stood out for you yeah. on that tour. Let's yeah. talk about that. She's so which is weird. Which is weird because it was a completely different genre and of music. They barely, yeah. Talked. And I'm like, how you did guys I'm barely like, talk to her? Like, I'm like, it wasn't. I don't know. It wasn't. Like, yeah, we barely yeah. talked at all, and I was like, how like. I hope they think that I could play punk rock, you know, because it definitely was not punk rock. What you were playing yeah. in that band. Right. Yeah. But, like, punk rock is my heart. That's number one. So, like, I'm glad that they saw that, like, potential, like, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, you well, can tell. You look at a drummer, you can tell when they're Dude, good. And the me way and her you are, are like, like uh, I, you were. Yeah, yeah. I can fucking tell that. I was taking oh. your photos. No, we, yeah. me and her, me and Gabby, were just, like, kind of, you know, on the side, and we were like, fuck <laughs> like, dude we should like start a band with her yeah. we were talking like about new starting project, a new band yeah. like a new project oh, yeah. something yeah. else and oh, you yeah. unbeknownst to you you had no yeah, fucking had no idea, idea. <laughs> yeah she had no idea we already like made her we're like she's new, like this bitch has no idea we're coming for her <laughs> yeah. and she's gonna be all up in us like playing oh, yeah. it's gonna be yeah. great yeah and so Crazy. so contrary to popular belief like it was it was you guys were trying to maybe play with her just in a different way yeah and just things happen and progressed within the other lineup that led to the decision to bring her in yeah okay as the others were exiting yeah did you hear that everyone did you hear that i just want to make sure everyone heard that (laughs) i'll repeat it again that you guys were trying to get her to possibly be in a different project but because things weren't working out that's what the decision was to move forward with cassie 
Yep. Right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, Cassie, <laughs> you also were going through a band breakup. Now, yes. for those listeners who don't know, now I know I haven't been in a band, but as I say all the time, my husband's in a band, all my friends are musicians. I know that band breakups are sometimes worse than actual relationship breakups because it's yeah. family, it's creative, like it's on so many emotional fucking levels, as we saw earlier yeah. talking with these ladies. Mm. So for you, you were going through a breakup too. Yes. Were you rebounding to other bands or what were you doing? <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, seriously, I mean, you were already in Union 13, but Union 13 yeah. doesn't play No, often, we only right? played a couple times a year. Yeah. And that was the scariest thing for me because I was trying to weigh out my, um, you know, like what pros and cons, I guess, um, in ending that relationship, my previous relationship. Um, was it on your accord? Yes. Yes. Okay. They, I mean, it's just like being in a relationship, you know, sometimes things change, people change and like the dynamic changes and like, if your heart's not in it, like, it's like when they say if you love someone, but you're not in love with them, that's what it was. Okay. You know, and like, I, like I always say, like punk rock is like my number one, like that's where my heart is. And like, you I love that. them and I support them and what it's they're the doing. It's the glam skinks, by the way, guys. Yeah. That's yeah. The band. It, yeah. So that, and I actually a couple people asked yesterday. They're like, are, "Are you the drummer from Glam Skanks? Like, we saw you out here." I'm like, "Yeah, that's I was the same person." Right. <laughs> but yeah. anyways, you know, yeah, it me, um, it me. <laughs> but yeah, that was very very hard for me as well. And like, just like her, like I was going through a really dark time, and it was very depressing for me because this is my life, you know. And like, that's something that had a lot of momentum, and we were just busy, and I just had a fear of not being busy. Not right. being consistent. I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, I need something. Like, I need to stay busy, you know? And then, like, thinking about it and getting advice from close friends and everyone, I'm just like, I, I have to, like, I have to, like, you know, walk away from this because it's just, I'm just not, my heart's not in it anymore, you know? So were you and looking for another project or did they? No, at the time, no, I wasn't. I was just, I was like, whatever happens, happens. I was like, I'm going to focus on myself. Like, I put out, like, videos and stuff and i'm like i'm just gonna do me you know like i'm just gonna do more drum covers i'm gonna put myself out there and just network meet people and like i knew something would come along i didn't know when and that was the scary part you know mm -hmm. but i knew i had to do it so i did it and then like like right when i did it i get a message <laughs> from these guys and it was just like oh you know? like, <laughs> like like i was like oh my god like and i didn't even like i didn't even care that they were in another state they were in Arizona. I was like, I don't care. I love them. I would love to play with them. Like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Like, let's do this, you know? And it just made everything so much better. Like, it wasn't, like, as hard, like, that breakup, you know? Like, it just, it gave me something to, like, look forward to. And it gave me hope, you know, for, like, the future. So, So, I'm sidebar, <laughs> we have a little known person, Jenny from Bad Cop, that was, like, <laughs> in the background, like, Oh my God! Is this lineup happening? Yeah. I've been dreaming of this shit. Myra, and Myra too. My, yeah. Mama she, Myra, bad cop. Yeah. 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 Regularly, regularly, she'd be like, "So are you guys jamming yet? Are you guys uh, Are you guys playing yet? Are you guys you know?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And, well, I, <laughs> and then, well, on this side, I noticed Glamscakes not posting pictures with her. So oh, yeah, I I messaged her, and it I was, was before like, it was announced. I was like, "Hey, like, are you still are you the drummer? Or what are you doing?" Yeah. She's like, you know, forgot no, to call you no, for a photo shoot. No. What's up? And then she was like, no. And I was like, all right, I'm just gonna plant this little seed. And I was like, we should jam sometime. And she was like, fuck yeah. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, really? 
She's really? already in the fucking car. Really? <laughs> like, really? She's like, yeah. right I got here. that plane ticket. I'm on my way now. And then, and it all like, aligned. Really? You want to? To her coming. <laughs> I don't know why you were in Arizona for some reason. Like a friend. Weeks some after of my that. friends yeah. were on a road trip, and they were going because we always talked about jamming. Mm-hmm. But we're like, all right, we'll jam. Like whenever they happen to come to LA or whenever right. I happen to go to Arizona, which is you know, not a lot. Like never. Yeah. <laughs> um, you guys are all like. Should we call her? Like, yeah. you're all like, you're like dating. Is it too soon? <laughs> like, yeah. when do we get to meet? Yeah. <laughs> but I happened to be going to LA and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Like, let's meet up. Let's practice. Let's jam. Let's see what happens. Let's see how the chemistry. Is. Yeah. And I, they sent me. Yeah. I was the There's first video. person to hear the fucking video <laughs> that was sent. That's right. And I was like, holy fuck balls this yeah. is awesome this is killer and it's not saying anything to the other members that this is better it was just like a better fit yeah, like yeah. musical fit it's like the way i've always described gabby and andrea drabby is you guys are musical soulmates <laughs> like i've noticed that with other yeah. musicians there's certain people sure. that just click musically and that was that link and i've heard many versions of the pinks and i was like this is something this is mm-hmm. different you know and i could tell how it felt so um yeah you live in california they live in arizona long distance band relationship yeah, how yeah. the fuck does that work <laughs> i know it was a little different for Corey because she was all the way in seattle traveling to seattle to here on yeah. a regular basis is completely different than it is and, and you have a flexible job too and yeah. you made it that way f- for, purposely for music for music and to do right? because that and like what we were talking about earlier you know not everyone's always on the same page and you, you know, everyone, you need to find a group of people who all want the same goal, you know, who all want the same thing. And we all do, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's why we're all in a position to be like, we'll drop whatever it is tomorrow and go on tour with whoever, you know, if that comes, if something comes, we're all ready for it. Right. Every one of us. And that's why you guys, and I always like to joke around that Drea likes to collect people because she does. <laughs> she has different, like, members of this pink army so she has a lot of alternates when it comes to touring when other people can't yeah and so and again we're all a part of the crew even if we're not physically together right so that's pretty amazing so how do you guys work out practices and everything else i mean i know but the listeners don't so let's hear about that technology yeah (laughs) communication i mean and a lot of there's a lot of bands nowadays that actually do it that way like Mm -hmm. it's actually very common for people to live in different states different places even different countries you know like total chaos their singer lives in germany you know so it's like yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. so it's like that it's very common now um and like she said technology and just like it's not that far away like it's five hour drive which is like i just i take the bus you know to get out here but, like, I'd say we meet up, like, at least once a month. Like, I mm-hmm. see them. Recently. You know? Do you guys do any FaceTime practicing? Is that a thing that you guys do? No, Not we really. usually record. Yeah. Uh, Dre and I will record our practices or new songs, and then we'll send it right off to her. And then, yeah. so when we do meet, right. we're like, on the same page. They'll give me a, yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Dude, because the new songs that we just recorded, I think I only listened to them a couple times. And then, like, we just, we just, like, you know, just booked it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just threw yeah. those out there, and it was yeah. like, whoa! Like mm-hmm. it was crazy. Like we didn't really practice a lot. We went to the studio, mm-hmm. recorded. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. You know, mm-hmm. like the power of technology is insane. Yeah. yeah, it really is. So like, they'll have like a little idea, and they'll send it to me, and that's all I need. And uh, I'll take that because I prefer to work on my own. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like it's a cool to like jam out 
with the band and try to like you know write a song but for me like i like to just put my headphones on and just play for like hours and figure out what i want to do what i want to write for my own parts so it actually works out really good right and you guys within your tour schedule always schedule in yeah practice before that extra time either before the you know usually before the tour like oh i'll come a couple days ahead of time Mm -hmm. so we can practice you know and do right it works out what was it like for you being a new member trying to adjust with two musical soulmates, how I like <laughs> to put? What's that uh, like for you? Um, I felt like I was part of, I've, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I felt like I was a part of the, the puzzle, you know? Yeah. Like a piece oh, of the you pu- totally I did. Oh, you totally no, I did. Yeah. Because like I said, prior to like when I first saw them up there, I was like, man, like. I need love to be pl- yeah. I was like, I need to be playing with them, like you know. That's awesome, and that's why, like, when when this happened, it was just like, yeah, this is this is it. Like the power of the three of us. Yeah. I feel like mm-hmm. I played music twenty years. You know, I've been in so many different bands, but like, like I, my connection with these two is just like, mm-hmm. this is where it's at. You know, mm-hmm. I feel at home, and I feel like all of us together, like. It's such good chemistry. I mean, you guys definitely you know? became like instant, and it was yeah, it was really cool to like watch from the back end. And when I first met you, mm-hmm. it was like we were instantly sisters. Like yeah. I felt that way yeah, too. Yeah, totally. I was like, oh, right, and that's another thing guy. I was telling her last week too about the family. I'm like, dude, I love the the family. Yeah, you know, yeah. you and Ashley. I'm like, this is amazing. I love that they're here and they support us and they're helping us. Like this is family and it's home. Like yeah. And that's you what know? real, like, what the real is. And that's what yeah. I think that we try to do with the podcast. Like, we need more of lifting each other up and not yeah. working against each other. Like, just in general with people. Mm-hmm. And and it was really cool to see you guys fit in so quickly because it can be hard. I mean, yeah. <laughs> having a third person, it's easy for you to feel like you're a third will. Yeah. It's easy for you to feel like, oh, they're off. And I know past versions of the Pinks, there was also people accusing of you know, masterminding just together, you know, on their own. Like with you, you took it as an advantage. You're just like, yeah. I'm that missing piece these, these yeah. bitches have been looking for. We <laughs> found our third, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's great because you just definitely took that on and you ground them in a different oh, way. Me. Not that you guys are all like rock stars, but you guys have, you have this great energy that like just, it's that it's that bay vibe, right? That, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, it, it is. She's very like humble. She's humble. Two, two and Libras in a cancer <laughs> walked into a bar, and started fucking playing, yeah, and melt your faces off. Yeah. No, as far as like, yeah, she just brings a balance to the group and is supportive and is like, fuck yeah, let's do that. <laughs> you want to do that? Yeah, let's do it. And that's what we need. That's, that's awesome. what we need. So hype man. Do it. I'm like, do okay, it. I will. I know. She does that with do me, it. too. I'm always like, oh, I want to do this. And then I hear out a note, do, do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm all, yeah, fuck yeah. yeah do- I should I, do that. I am going to do it. Do it. You're doing it. You fucking right, Cassie. I'm doing it. No, you got to get in the van. Okay, I'll do it later. I'll do it later then. But I'm doing it. Oh, man. <laughs> um, but to... To change gears again, uh, one thing you guys have mentioned to me separately, individually, is sexism in the music industry. Um, do you guys want to d- briefly discuss, n- yeah. not to get into like things that you've had, but how do you guys yeah. overcome it? What kind of advice do we have for other females out there that are trying to do the thing? 
just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Do it. Don't let people, don't let anybody ever tell you you can't do yeah. something because yeah. you can. Yeah. And I feel like it's hard to, um, amongst other females because sometimes you have you you see other you know women musicians who are kind of like standoffish and Mm -hmm. it's like kind of would put you back you know like someone who wants to like learn and like be a part of it and block those people out because you need people who are going to support you and really you know like we're women and we're in this together like we should all support each other in like you know changing the way that people look at us because like a lot of times it's like, oh, you're good for a girl band or you're you're good for, you know, you're the best girl drummer I ever, I've ever seen or whatever. And it's like, well, why do we have to be classified? Yeah. You know? I think like, they come out towards me and I'm just a part of the crew. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like, oh, you guys, it's a girl band. We need those. That's good. And I'm like, okay. Like, that's just kind of weird. Or yeah. I've had yeah. guys, don't quit, you know, you should stick to photographing. And I know it was like a yeah. joke, but it was just kind of like... Fuck you, dude. Like, I can fucking do this, and yeah. I can load in gear. I, I need to learn how to tune a guitar, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a lot, yeah. So um, you guys have had label assistance over the years, um, but your heart has always been DIY. Um, yeah. You guys book your own tours. You do your own fucking merch. The designs, everything is yourself. How? What advice do you have for other bands to to just fucking roll at it? Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> <You> bitches. <laughs> um, I mean, don't let anybody dictate what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, do what you do. What makes you happy? Do yeah. put things out there that you love. Um, when we come up with t-shirt designs, I'm like, would I wear this? Yes, I would. So like, um, you guys have the best fucking merch. And that's the thing is, everybody likes our shirts. Uh, honestly. Find like Cassie said, find people that will support your cause mm-hmm. and lift you up, yeah, and mm-hmm. not bring you down. Aww. It's important to surround yourself with those. Kind it of is, people. it is, and especially in this industry, industry, it's everywhere. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you have a lot of people like like what you were saying about how your first interactions with Alex, how he was like so supportive. Like yeah. mm-hmm. we all go through that. We get people mm-hmm. who have egos and are standoffish, and people who are just like unapproachable and it's like dude like this is our art we're all in this together like let's all yeah it's community Mm -hmm. we should all support each other you know and like that's again what i love about the pinks is like we have you you know with your uh, photography and everything it's like we're all artists here and we're all supporting each other we're all helping each other just trying to like put our 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 art out there right you know i mean you guys are developing that pink's army i don't think you had that before it's only been the past couple years like was there a conscious switch with you guys just to bring on more people or was it just finding the right people that made you realize that you needed it both Both. yeah i mean it's it's not just the band this is what i always say it's not just the band that makes the venomous pinks it's Mm -hmm. the people that help Exactly along the way. Yeah, having Alex, having Angela, having Ashley, um, Justin Wise, who does all our graphics. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, Soma, who's Mm -hmm. a a huge supporter of us. Mm -hmm. Having those, having that kind of team, is just as important uh, for the Venomous Pinks. It's not just the band; it's it's a whole. It's it's a group of people that make the band function. Mic drop, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, so before we wrap it up here, like let's go around the room and say first, um, what has been the hardest part of your journey and what has been the most rewarding part of your journey as a band? 
Let's start out with Cassie. Um, <laughs> I know you're still kind of new, but hardest. not really. Emotionally, she's always been there. <laughs> so you mean like the hardest part of my journey with with, with the pinks. pinks? Yeah, as a band. Uh, I mean, we definitely had some some setbacks, some things holding us back. You know, mm-hmm. we had so much like momentum, like we were going, going, and then you know certain things happen. It's like you fall right back down. You're like, oh, but you know, like these girls are so amazing. Like I remember like when stuff happened, I'm of course the one to like freak out and like, Oh my God. And they're like, it's fine. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. We don't need that. Like, I, I think we can yeah. say we're, we're no longer on slope. Yeah. Records. We switched. Ex- we, we transitioned, transitioned labels. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys are in the works of having another label, but we can't, oh, yeah. we can't, yeah. we can't say it. Yeah. We can't say it, but and that's part of the reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys have had, music recorded and videos recorded but it's probably not going to be released until next year yeah. and there's yeah, and there's a reason for that yeah. there's a reason for that it has nothing to do with creativity it has to do with strategy right. yeah yep just setbacks we're gonna put that out there but <laughs> yeah. yeah so that's been hard yeah. yeah that was a little hard i was like oh man you know but like at, we got back on it you know and i feel like it's the best thing that could have happened to us for sure yeah you know right now Right. Yeah. Because it's on your own terms. It's for the better. It's on your own terms. You don't have to answer to anybody. You don't owe anybody anything. And now the next record label is now you guys are going to benefit them. And I feel that the mentality on the other record where they were like, oh, we're doing you a favor. I I agree with that statement. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we've been ready. Like, we've been ready for months, you know? And it's like, we're like, okay. Can we go? Can we go? Can we do this? And like, Can we go? Yeah. yeah. Can we go? Sorry. So, but it's like, all right, like, you know, like, we're ready. Like, let's do this. Yeah. You know? That's been hard. To yeah, say. that's... <laughs> to well, just sit and wait and, like, when is it going to happen? You know? What has been the most rewarding part? The most rewarding part? Um, Just being very happy and like playing music and making music with like i'd say like two of my favorite people making music with Aww, you know man. yeah <laughs> i'm serious though it's real. I'm serious. Oh, it's that's so the most rewarding because yeah. it's like wow like we all have a goal and a dream and like we're all in this together and like and we don't hate each other we love each other yeah it's just like it's um it's amazing it really is yeah you know? it's great how about you Treywell, <laughs> Treywell. The I think the hardest part is um, being uh, sort of like the leader in the face of this <laughs> during all of this turmoil. Everyone looks at you. Uh, everyone looks at me. Uh, so that can be a little. Yeah, it can be a little stressful. Um, but I feel everything we've gone through has just built us and and made us stronger. Um, so I don't see anything as hard per se. I just see it as it, it's, it's built us to who we are today and where we've gotten. Yeah. Um, cause if we didn't go through the, the quote hard times, we wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Or know what to do. <laughs> so what, what is the, uh, the, uh, one of the most rewarding parts of being a pink? Um, honestly, We've gotten to play with a lot of huge bands and and gotten to meet a lot of 
big hitters in punk rock and we've gotten to do that because of music and that's mm-hmm, been yeah. the best part about this is our music has gotten us to 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 do those kind of yeah. opportunities and that's what's awesome to me about it. that's the best part is we're here because of music mm-hmm. yeah gabby a little bit of both. <laughs> She's such a bassist. Yeah. Oh, a little bit of both. You know, the biggest setback recently was the whole label thing. Yeah. Because we put so much into it. And myself, personally, I put so much into right. it. Right. As a contributor to Right. I won't go itself. into details into that. But, I mean, that was hard to deal with. But, like I said, things brought us to this point that we can handle anything. And we always have a plan B. And Dre and I already had a plan b like it, well right. Cass was freaking out yeah <laughs> she's freaking out like what are we gonna do blah 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 and Dren and I are like well here's our options and here's our <laughs> deadlines total Libras. And I know. And you're a total cancer I, yeah i'm all i was like i'm not even i'm like texting them yeah. like because they messaged in mm-hmm. our crew like our road crew group like oh this is what's happening and yeah. i was like part of me is like oh fuck what are they gonna do but i'm yeah. like it'll be good guys but i'm yeah. like what are they gonna do <laughs> but then you guys were cool and i'm like they'll figure something out well, yeah you take action. You can't wait around for no. someone to hand you stuff. And you just yeah, that's you, the thing. No one knows yeah. you anything. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, so as a crew member, one of the the hardest things was to watch you guys from afar going through all these things. And I can't do anything. And I'm trying to remain neutral. So that was the hardest thing because I mean, those are my bitches. Like all I wanted to do was like act. But being a person that's a part of your PR, I had to mm-hmm. like remain neutral for a lot of things so I can try to have that headspace. But one of the most rewarding things is multiple times I've seen little girls watch you guys play and it fucking brings tears to my eyes every time Uh because it makes me proud to be a part. Sorry, I'm crying. It makes me (laughs) Pisces. I know. (laughs) It makes me proud to be a part of this crew and just play a small part in your story. And I'm like eternally grateful to be a part of that. But it's also letting the next generation know that they have support and and they could do it too. So we're going to wrap it up here. And uh, one of the uh, last words do you guys have for the gener- next generations of female punk musicians? Do you guys have any thoughts for them? Just for those do it. That- just do it. <laughs> uh, work hard, play harder every day. Nice. Any thoughts, Cass? Um, it's never too late. It's never, ever too late. I, you, you know, you, see, you come across a lot of people who are like, oh, I'm too old or... You know, it's never too late. Just do it. And don't let anyone tell don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Now, all right. Well, thank you, ladies. Uh, we are going to take a quick break before we bring in our next guest. Welcome back. We're here on the line with leader of third wave feminist revolution and sex worker rights activist, goddess Soma Snake Oil. Soma. Thank you so much for speaking about the Venomous Peaks Here story. Uh, the reason why I asked you to be a part of this special episode is because you're not only a fan of the Pinks, but you're also a friend who has collaborated with them on various projects. So uh, before we get started, uh, can you briefly clue into our listeners the many contributions as well as some of the projects you lead within the punk rock and feminist scene? Um, well... One of the things that I love to talk about is the Sidewalk Project, and that's something that I co-founded with Stacey D from Bad Cop, Bad Cop, and Emily Nielsen, um, who 
is a founder of Punk Rock and Paintbrushes and also did Rock versus Cancer. So, you know, that's something I it's very close to my heart. And we are a social activist arts organization and we work directly on the street with the houseless community. And we do art and music. Um, and then, uh, you know, as far as sex workers, rights stuff, uh, one of the groups that I work with very closely or am a part of is Dominatrixes Against Donald Trump, or as we like to call it, Dad. Um, and, you know, we, we, do, uh, we do art activism. You know, we pee on Trump. Um, we peed on the... Uh, on Trump star on Hollywood Boulevard, but we, you know, we also do, um, you know, it's very serious sex workers rights activism. We do die-ins, um, you know, we did something at the democratic California democratic national convention where we did die-ins. And the idea is to highlight what is going on, um, in the sex worker community, you know, and, and, uh, you know, especially, I kind of don't want to talk on and on and on about this, but one of the uh, things that's very prevalent or very important to us right now is, is a bill called SESTA-FOSTA that's created a lot of problems for our marginalized community. Um, you know, and sex workers are one of the most marginalized communities in the world. So that's, that's the, one of the big feminist issues for me. Um, you know, and then I, I, I'll just keep talking endlessly. <laughs> You're going to have to jump in and tell me to stop. <laughs> well, um, let's just, let's describe your first interaction with the Venmo's Pinks. Okay. Well, this is a story I like to tell. <laughs> and I think that they know I like to tell this. Um, yeah, I have a, a very warm heart for the pinks and you know it it started with with our origin story um and that was at punk rock bowling a couple of years ago maybe three years ago i'm not i'm not sure when it was um but i was still with my ex-husband at the time um fat mike and we were walking around i think we were coming off of stage from watching a show or something like that and one of the ladies walked up to us and held out a CD. And this is, you know, this is like something that we'd experienced many times, people handing CDs to Mike. Um, so, of course, he reached out his hand to take the CD. And they said, no, that's not for you. That's for her. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and... and I, what I what I really loved about that was that you know it was it was not opportunism you know there was this real sense of they could have handed the CD to to Mike and you know tried to create a relationship there but that's not what it was it was definitely this like oh we're gonna connect you know I I really thought of it as a very feminist connection um and i i valued that and it wasn't that and it wasn't like a here here's a cd to listen to and maybe you'll give it to your husband later i didn't get that sense either um it's about you authentically Mm -hmm. yeah 
yeah, it was, it was like, it was a woman to woman connection. Um, and then, you know, thankfully I liked the music. It would have sucked. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> she got home and, and didn't like, like the music. Here you go. And then she's like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I still would have valued the experience, but, um, yeah, I was really stoked that I was fond of what they're doing and their, their artistry and what they're about. So, so thinking back to that, when you first listened to their music for the first time, what are the attri- attributes and qualities of the music that really made you a fan? Um, I like to get hurt a little bit mm. by music. Um, wow. You know, and not, not all music, you know, I, I, I listened to Agnes Obel and post postal service, you know, like I, I listened to some soft music too. Um, but you know, that there's a, there's sort of like different moments for different music, right? Um, what I listen to in my house isn't the same thing that I listen to in my car or when I'm working out or, you know, there's, there's different moments for different music. Right. Um, but I really do like to get beat up a little bit and, um, the pinks know how to beat you up. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to update some of Ooh. your social media descriptions <laughs> to include that. <laughs> I'm in, could, I do a lot of their PR. I'm going to include that if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's that. And, you know, there's, um, you know, there's a, there's sort of like, you know, from the sort of um, anthemic, um, feminist, you know, and then there's, there's like lyrically, there's some very just sort of straightforward, simple, you know, statements, um, that I think are inspiring, you know, from a feminist perspective. And it it just sort of like, okay, you know, like something I want to listen to when I'm on the treadmill, like, and then it, I'm like inspired to go out, into the world and you know like I'm gonna I'm gonna conquer those are those are things that feel good to listen to um from the voices of women and from knowing that they're playing their instruments and um you know like as a fellow punk rocker you know do you you want you want that that's something that feels good um and then you know sort of going hard too the ability to go from you know that that versatility to hear some anthemic feminist music and then just like oh okay you can like you can tear it up and that that almost like that beehive that beehive sound mm-hmm. I don't know if, it, if that makes sense but you know like the dizziness of really hard music um so that you know those are some of the things I appreciate it takes you on um, a journey is what from different places yeah I yeah. guess but it's versatility the uh, ability to play like anthemic feminist music and then also really hard like horror punk yeah that's great if that makes sense yeah, totally so question for the pinks you ladies yeah. what was it like when you first found out that like soma snake oil really liked your music what was that like <laughs> uh disbelief yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, she she left a comment on our Facebook page, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" Like she actually listened to this. 
she didn't use it as a coaster. Right. <laughs> um, that's what happens a lot of times yeah. when you're mm-hmm. handing out CDs. Yeah. Yeah. People just kind of, it gets disregarded. Yeah. It gets done inside. Like, so for me personally, it was just like, oh shit. What yeah. about you, Gabby? Yeah, same. Cause she sent me a screenshot like, shit. <laughs> oh, it's like, oh my gosh. So a question for both Soma and the Pinks. So how did it start out of you guys having this casual run-in? She liked your music. To you staying at her place for in-town ki- gigs with her weirdo friend, weirdo friend being me. But I mean, how was that transition being like? Um, uh, well, I feel social media played a big part in yeah. our friendship and just staying in contact with each other. Just and um, Soma and mm-hmm. the Sidewalk Project came down to Phoenix, and I feel that helped oh, develop yeah. our friendship. Um. <laughs> No, that's great. Yeah. So talking about the sidewalk project, Mm -hmm. uh, what was that like? Because you guys there, that was one of the first Arizona sidewalk projects. Mm -hmm. Am I, am I correct in saying that? Um, it was just you and Gabby who played, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what, what was that like? (laughs) So Soma had us in 115 degree weather playing music, Arizona. Deal and, with it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got to sweat to earn it, right? Right. <laughs> but uh, it was a it was a remarkable feeling to mm-hmm. be out there creating music and seeing what really happens in downtown Phoenix, right? Mm-hmm. In your own home, because yeah. it's right. one thing you guys could have gone to California and possibly participated, but it probably I mean it literally hit home because yeah. it was in your home yeah, state, so. I think that's very powerful. Yeah. So uh, you also were telling me that so you're now a part of the official Sidewalk Project band. So Soma, do you mind telling our listeners more about what being a part of the Sidewalk Project band is like and, and what the music element contributes to the cause? Yeah, sure. So um, one of the biggest aspects to the Sidewalk Project is art and music and what we, you know, what we believe is that um, what's more important than anything with what we're doing is creating a sense of community and connection and well-being through art and music. And we know that, you know, each of us, you know, we're not we're not social workers, we're not therapists, but all of us who are involved have some connection through through art. And music, and it's it's something that has created a sense of well being in each of our lives, mm-hmm. and sort of mental wellness. Um, so we we want to share that with other people and um, create access. And you know, there's there's something that you, you know I I think of the street as the great equalizer. Mm. You know, it's it's like status goes away in some ways, and and in in some ways it doesn't because there's you know there's sort of like there's structures in all societies and all communities, but when you go out on the street and you're doing activism, like none of that, none of that matters. You're there to connect with people. And um, what I love about the work that we do is, you know, it, it doesn't matter where you're from, what you have in your pocket, what you, uh, what you do in the rest of your life, what band you're in, how big your band is, if you're a successful artist, if you're not a successful artist, you know, like what it, what it, what is happening in the rest of your life when we're all together in that team, 
it's just about creating this beautiful space together. And it's, it's just, it's lovely. Um, so yeah, it, you know, it's like when I approach people, it's like, come be part of our tribe, come be part of our family. And it, it doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter what's been done to you. doesn't matter what you've done. You know, like none of that stuff matters. Um, let's just go make shit together. That's awesome. Now, uh, just switching gears a little bit here, Soma, uh, you have mentioned to me that you've performed to one of the Venomous Pink song, Leather. Um, what, a, what about that particular track inspired you creatively? I think I actually did um, We Do It Better. Okay. Um, and that was like the, that was the crescendo moment. And it was a bunch of feminist bands that I love. Um, you know, like L7 and Bad Cop, Bad Cop were also part of, and I think Nausea by X was also in there. Anyway, um, and it was in response to, you know, the madness that was going on at the time, which Trump had just done all of the transphobic stuff. I think maybe it was in October of this last year. It was when there was the trans bans and, you know, it's just like insanity. Like, why is this even going on? Um, and uh, I, I did a show. It was a fetish, fetish burlesque show in Hawaii. And, you know, it was politically fiend, obviously. And uh, the Pinks got the uh, sort of crescendo moment. You know, we do it better. Sort of like, uh, you know, after... Trump had wiped his ass with the LGBTQ flag. You know, I'd gotten it back from him, you know, and he'd, he'd been trying to fuck, fuck me with a missile penis. And, you know, I'd hit him over the head with the, yeah, you know, it was just like a bad, whatever. In the end, I win. <laughs> Big performance. <laughs> and, you know, I'm riding him around the room and, you know, it's to, to the pinks. We do it. You know, <laughs> the glorious moment when, when Trump is kissing my boots and the Venice pinks were involved with right. it. <laughs> I just, I remember you telling us like when we were going to the punk rock and paintbrush art show in LA and I saw the look on Trey's face. She's like, Oh shit. <laughs> like she fucking played her song during your performance. She got so stoked, but she held. I oh, sorry. I try to keep it cool. I know, and I just I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, and I'm just laying it out there, you know, for you. But that's really what was going on during right. that moment. But I, I mean, I've seen countless events and photos of you, Soma, where you do wear venomous pink gear. Uh, I hear a lot of different bands come up to me and tell me you're the ones that introduce them to their music. So, do you have like a specific I don't know, pitch that you say to fans that aren't, that aren't familiar with their music or are you just kind of like, here, Venice Pinks, listen to them. Thank, thank me later. Like, <laughs> It's not weird. Right. I'm not, I don't have a pitch. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned Venice Pinks, you know, it's like, yeah, check, check them out. What do you say about a, a new band that you, uh, you know, it's like an idol's, were new to everyone mm -hmm. 
and everyone's excited about it. Sure. You know, it's like, check it out. Yeah. It's good. Just check it out. And then people say, yeah, it is good. <laughs> Do you have a favorite? I don't know. That- oh, sorry. Go ahead. Do you have a favorite shirt or design that you wear of theirs? Whatever matches my latex. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, great. <laughs> that, I mean, how, that's, that's, awesome. that's, a, that's a perfect, perfect, perfect. you know, answer Best to that response. question. <laughs> Best response ever. <laughs> so it's no secret that the band has gone through some lineup changes. What do you think of the new direction that they're going in? Um, you know, I mean, everything everything changes in life, right? I mean, nothing's permanent and changes happen sometimes and it's it's complicated and it's hard um you know sometimes it's quite painful and yeah and sad and uh shakeups shakeups always have reverberations and um there's a painful aspect and um implications and and all of that and um, you know, we've, that's part of life. And, um, I, you know, I, I, I believe that their original drummer was the one that handed me the CD, um, when I first met the, the pinks. And, um, so, you know, I, I have gratitude for, um, for her and I certainly, you know, I, I never developed a relationship there, mm-hmm. um, but I, I certainly hope that she is well and things are good in her life. Sure. Um, Cassie is a oh. phenomenal, phenomenal drummer. Thank you. <laughs> um, and a phenomenal human being. Mm. And I have, started to develop a relationship there and so that's you know on a personal level I you know I appreciate knowing her um and she gets it I mean she goes hard <laughs> like wow it is amazing to watch her work wow. to watch her play I think they have a nickname for her the smoke or something well, oh the cloud <laughs> cloud cloud, <laughs> the cloud. <laughs> wait what's behind this nickname guys well, that, fir- that first show we played in San Diego. Uh, Drea, Drea loves to use a fog machine. I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love the fog. And that first show. As it a was photographer, just, we love it too. We were playing yeah, but- in like a back corner and there wasn't any like door, like ventilation or anything. So <laughs> I couldn't see anything at all for like oh, no. the first, yeah. first couple songs. It was just like yeah. this massive cloud in front of me. And also because I'm from San Francisco. Right. So like kind of, there's like an emoji that's like a cloud, and like that's what that's we like send to each other because it's like always foggy in San Francisco. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Mitch, do you have a favorite Pink song, Venomous Pink song? It's an interesting question. I, I'm, uh, I sort of don't like to pick just one song for any band or one piece of art for any I'm not into favorites as much right um I think I think favorites are they're a little bit limiting for us mm-hmm. you know there's like things that feel good and more pleasant um but 
you know, it's like I was saying earlier, there's like different things for different moods. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do, I do like, we do it better. Mm Um, that gets me going. Um, you know, I, I mean, there's, there's something to pizza slice, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it might be kind of funny to say that, but there's something to, and that's musically. I, I, I was saying earlier that I like to get hurt a little bit by music, but pizza slice and slice and mantis. Um, I had, I had a cauliflower pizza in my fridge for oh, months <laughs> for the pinks, and then it got all freezer burn. I had to let that go. Oh, <laughs> that's true friendship right there. I got yeah. cauliflower pizza. She had a pizza in there for, for us. Oh. That's awesome. So. <laughs> The ladies have confessed to me that they sometimes confine in you for like advice or friendly feedback. I know like friendship aside, you're a very busy person, but is the me is there a specific inspiration of you being an active part of their journey? Is it just that you fully believe in the message they're trying to send? There is that. I do have a fondness for them personally. Sure. Um, and what they're doing. And I can't, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing them grow as well. Um, and there's, there's something about it's, um, you know, even like what I do in my world as, as a Dom, you know, sort of mentoring, you know, like I have a young woman that I mentor and I, I think there's something to women specifically um, connecting with other women and being supportive. Um, You know, when you see something in each other and it's sort of like, oh, I get you. Let's support each other. Right. Um, I I think that's really important. And it's like... um, you know, like in, in my world, we talk about baby doms and you can see something in a baby dom. you like, you know, there's something, there's something in her that is when she starts to really, you know, grow into her, grow into her boots. She's just going to, she's going to yell, you know, she's going to roar. But there's, you know, and I, I guess I see, I see power in the venomous pinks. Damn. Damn. I just got chills. Damn. I just got chills. <laughs> oh, thanks, Soma. I mean, I'm not even in the band, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. So outside the podcast, truthfully, each of the members of line also inspire me in many ways. They lead by example, harvest a tremendous work ethic, and of course, are insanely talented. So Last question before we bring in our next guest for you three to discuss, for us three to discuss more on their story. How do you think other musicians or artists can relate from their DIY story? Um, You know, the Venomous Pink still work their jobs and they work hard. And, and they continue to work hard at their music and they've created a tribe, you know, they have a family, they have support systems and they know how to love on their support systems and and appreciate the people around them. 
you know, like they say thank you and, um, you know, they've got you in their, their world supporting them. And, you know, they've got, they've they've got, they've got a whole team of people, a family, because it it doesn't take just a vision and just music and just drive. It takes getting up and punching a clock and going to work. And it also takes the people that believe in you um, and are, are willing to push for you. It, It takes a community. That's great. I've always told, I told Soma a while ago, I was like, you know, you're like, you know, you're in this, right? Like you're in this family now. Like you have a you pink can't army. Yeah. You have a pink you army yeah. for sure. Yeah. It's insane. No, it's great. I'm very proud to be a part of this and you guys inspire me on the daily. So thank you so much, Soma. So we're going to go ahead and take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to speak with both Soma photographer, videographer, uh, Alexander Thomas. He's going to talk about some of the upcoming projects, including the newest collaboration with Soma and the Pinks right here on the Sound Sister Podcast. All right. We have Alexander Thomas on the line with us as well as Soma Snake Oil. How's it going, Alex? Oh, it's it's going good, you know, enjoying this beautiful 100-degree heat in Arizona. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you live in California, but you're actually in town for a special project, which we're going to get into here in a little Correct. bit. Correct, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there has been recent collaborations in the mix that have brought all parties on the line together, both Soma, both you, the Pinks, even, even works that you and Soma have done separately to help the Pinks and their journey. Um, so Drea, Gabby, and Cassie, why don't you tell us about one of your upcoming music videos that helped these two mastermind artists collaborate together? All right. So we've got a new single coming out called I Want You, which is a Joan Jett cover. And actually the idea was all a Gabby chaos. What? <laughs> Gabby? <laughs> yeah. Well, the song is about wanting someone or, you know, pretty much I want you is... <laughs> And um, so we figure who would fit that part or role. And we're like, well, we know someone, Soma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that kind of, we didn't, really didn't have any idea of what we were going to do, but we just knew we needed some powerful woman to take charge of it. And, right. and so when we got there, we just kind of did scene by scene. <laughs> so what was your first thought, Soma, when they approached you with this video idea? Did you start thinking of ideas? Were you involved in the collaboration process or did it all just flip? Thought I thought they wanted to get spankings. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> you guys failed on that one. Way to go. <laughs> we got flogged. Okay. Yeah. I did it. Nice. <laughs> Nicely done. All of day's work. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> did you know right away you were going to use Alexander? Yeah. Or, yeah. He's yeah. our dude. Yeah, That's yeah, our dude. dude. Yeah. He's the one. Yeah. He's part of the Pinks army. Yeah. What was it like for when the Pinks first approached you with this idea that include a lot of like a lot of sex toys and different, <laughs> you know, um, well, I mean, I, I was all about it, obviously. Yeah. 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 yeah for sure. I, uh, it, it totally, it, I wouldn't say it caught me off guard. Um, but when they hit me up about it, and we started talking, I definitely wasn't expecting anything kind of in that direction. Um, 
but but at the point in time in like in my personal career um i'd started photographing like a lot of sex workers and doing a lot more kind of erotic erotica imagery that kind of stuff and incorporating some of that into my fashion work so it kind of i felt i felt like it came along at this almost perfect time that kind of complemented everything going on in my life and what seemed to be happening in their career and i just felt like it kind of came together at this, at this perfect moment and, and i remember when uh when Drea messaged me about it on Instagram and she was like, yeah, like we want to do something like uh, kind of like BDSM. Like, would you be cool with that? And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. Like <laughs> it was like super cool. And I felt like really kind of like, you know, honored and privileged that like, not only did they have me come back and do more work for them, but they particularly chose me to work on a project that I felt that I could kind of knock out of the park. And he did. And yeah. he did. <laughs> oh, it. thank you. Totally. I've seen it. It's amazing. So Soma, Soma stars in in there with you ladies but there's also another person that's in there yeah. who else so Mike, can you describe who else is in the video my mentee um who we were just talking about and uh she's she crushed it too i'm so proud of her um uh lilith so lady lilith scorpius and she is a young dominatrix here in los angeles and um, she really did some amazing vlogging. And I think it's also her first music video, like her first time doing a project like that. So that was pretty exciting also. Yeah. And she looked amazingly glamorous mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. yeah. Cassie, wasn't this your first video then with the Pinks? Um, well, one of the other new songs we did. But yeah, it's my first experience ever doing music videos. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Nice. Was it your first experience getting vlogged? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I had to ask it. I had to ask. Well, what? We what? were like, well, it could be this or. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it was a, it was a great setting because it's, it's, it's set in your apartment, Soma, with your various, yeah. you know, tools and, and, and things like that. So um, who suggested the location? Um, we, well, we had a pre-pro meeting with Soma and, uh, we just kind of threw it out. Like, do you know any dungeons in LA that we might be able to shoot for free because we are a poor, <laughs> poor punk rock band. <laughs> and so we totally bank on anybody just letting us mm -hmm. use their space. Um, and we kind of just threw out the idea. What if we did it at your loft? Cause visually it's very stimulating. There's a lot of things going on in it and it looks cool. Mm -hmm. beautiful artwork yeah everywhere. um mm -hmm. and sh a couple weeks later she was like we can shoot it here and i'm like okay <laughs> they're all <"Arr."> <laughs> <laughs> so uh soma and alexander are you a fan of the original joan jett song i want you I, I personally wasn't super, super, super familiar with Joan Jett's body of work. I've heard the song before, um, but when I heard the Pink's cover of it, I was like, I don't ever want to hear the original ever again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they do take it on, on their own. How about you, Soma? Did you, are you a fan of the original version of the song? Um, I'm a fan of her, for sure. Um, but not, you know what? More more her as a human i don't i don't necessarily listen to her music i mean she's she's a queen obviously um but no i i you know i, I didn't i wasn't really familiar with the song 
That's good. Nobody You're is. able to stick with it, yeah, no one just is. with your really, version yeah. and take on it. So let's all talk a little bit about the collaboration process more with the actual music video. I know that you guys came in saying, okay, we want to do some BDSM like mm-hmm. elements to it. Um, did you, Alexander, like working on the set with you with different music videos, I've noticed that you're very organized. You have an idea in your mind. Uh, did you have it mapped out or you just kind of went with the flow on this one? Uh, you know, like uh, it's always like a little bit of A, a little bit of B. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I actually refer to myself less as a director sometimes and more of a professional plan B implementation specialist. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the old adage, like anything that can go wrong will go wrong. It's typically accurate. Um so I I knew I knew from the get go that we were going to do some stuff involving uh, fire, I believe, and uh, I, I'd heard tell some stories about floggings potentially happening, um, and we discussed like a few various things, like a rough run through, but like kind of getting there and seeing the layout of like where you're shooting and kind of figuring out a really good order to shoot things in and how to do it. Sometimes it's a different kind of thing, so sometimes you kind of got to adapt what you have, like the vision in your head, to what you're realistically dealing with. Great. So, so Soma, did you have some creative control then with, with your expertise as far as the storyline and the different elements that were being presented visually? I'm trying not to say anything really obnoxious there about <laughs> control. <laughs> um, I feel like I was in charge of the situation. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> I'm super shocked. No. Um, Shocker. Weird. No. It, no. It, no. It, it was. It was actually a really comfortable collaboration where we we were just sort of negotiating and having good conversation it was interesting is it it okay if I talk freely about the process are you okay are you guys okay with that so I had taken um the ladies to a dungeon with me the night before yeah and um one time I they had seen me they had seen me play with um, someone I was seeing at the time, uh, who was a very experienced, oh, man. very, very experienced bottom and could take a lot of pain. And I'd actually, I'd actually been, um, hitting her with a baseball bat, um, which, you know, is, can be done in a very sensual and sort of eroticized way but it's also pretty extreme to hit someone with a baseball bat so the next morning <laughs> they pulled me aside and they were like um so <laughs> we have some concerns <laughs> and I really think it was largely based on seeing me hit someone with a baseball bat um so we had to talk about everything but yeah I mean it was it was a wonderful creative process where we just communicated about what was comfortable and you know it was it was definitely collaboration it wasn't it didn't feel like um you know like one person pushing for you know it was you know well in communication that that word collaboration and communication is a big part of your art anyway so it sounds like from what you guys describe it was a big part on the set that really led to that synergy um anything else you guys want to add ladies about the whole collaboration process i mean um going and seeing soma essentially 
you know, perform mm-hmm. in her industry is where you, you know, we're, the, we're the band and we're performing. So seeing her actually do her art and how that works um, definitely gave us an idea of what we may be getting into. Ah. Um, but it was really, really cool to watch, to see her actually like work and what that's about. Um, giving us more of an idea of, okay, yeah, this is what it, it could look like tomorrow. Um, sure. just really awesome to see. So, uh, I mean, there was a little, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I guess we were a little nervous. Like, <laughs> oh shit, someone's yeah. going to beat us with a bat tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I do love that. I do love that photo of you and Cassie with the bat and you guys looking at each other. It gives me like, oh, like it's so oh cute. Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, we went in and we talked with Soma and we we're like, this is what we're comfortable with. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it was a collaboration with her and Alex. That's great. Yeah. And it, you know, and, and it really, with BDSM, we have so much communication and negotiation and consent is such a vital aspect to everything that you're doing. You don't do anything Mm -hmm. without asking, is this okay? Mm -hmm. And so that was part of the process. And, you know, I I think it's an important conversation to, to have. You know, we really want it to be respectful of the BDSM community and we didn't want to portray it in a goofy or dorky or weird way. We just really want it to like, be respectful. So having someone like Soma Snake Oil in control of this was perfect for and showing you know. safe ways of doing things. Yes, and help. And it's also a way that I think eventually, when it is released, can help educate other people because I think there's a lot of misconceptions surrounding that. And also, it's some things in the past where people are like, "Oh, I like this, but I'm going to keep it secret." Well, you guys are putting it out there in oh, such yeah. a beautiful I'm fashion. Putting it out there, man. And here's the art around <laughs> it. I mean, I just, I'm so mad. It was the one time I couldn't go. And I was like, dang it, so much radness happened while I was there. But I wasn't there, but that's great. So any funny moments, bloopers, or stories that happened during the video shoot? Just the whole time. (laughs) The whole time. (laughs) You guys were permanent state of blushing. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing like being dog collar chained to your two friends and being led by a chain, by Soma snake oil. <laughs> Put into a cage. Put into a cage and then fed pizza. Hey, right. that cage yeah. is comfortable. I've slept in there. <laughs> yeah. It is yeah. so comfortable. It is, it is comfortable. I'm, I've marked it off my bucket list. I'm like, slept in a cage? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Soma, I and the it. venomous pink. Yeah. <laughs> great, great. So um, I want to talk a little bit with just Alexander and Soma regarding um, the cover art because you guys separately shot the cover art for their newest upcoming EP. Um, what was that collaboration process? What was that like? So for, for me, um, I, I, I don't know how much I'm like allowed to say, I don't want to give like too much away, you know? Um, but there was, there was a, uh, a reference to a very iconic shot, uh, that was kind of like brought to my attention. And, uh, I, I think Dre and I were talking about it and, uh, like kind of recreating it with, you know, with, of course that like kind of BDSM twist, um, so yeah, I, I, again, like I, I kind of jumped on the opportunity and sure. uh, I just thought it was such a cool idea and kind of like mixing melting worlds and like putting it together and uh, 
man, you know, I love shooting album covers too because it's so representative of what's on the album itself. And uh, I think I think we kind of just we got there. You know, I set up my lighting. I tried to do uh, something a little different with the lighting than I usually do. Um, and then you know, it, it was pretty pretty easy. I felt like I, I thought we kind of just got into a groove at a certain point. And everything kind of just started working out. How, how was that collaboration? How was it on your end, Soma? Because you've worked with a lot of photographers before. Yeah, I mean, I I would just echo all of that. It was super smooth, fun, easy. It was about nuance because there is a subtle reference. Um, and and then it, you know, it's it's interesting when you're when you're making a reference to another piece of work. You know, what are what are you bringing to it? you know, what's, what's your take on it and sort of like not copying, but, you know, sort of, um, creating something new. Yeah, you want to pay homage. yeah exactly that homage. Yeah. You, you don't want to copy and you, you want to like pay tribute to the original work while also you want people to kind of pick up on what you're referencing without right. being like, well, that guy ripped yeah, off. Yeah, exactly that. Because we, we, you know, there's, there's such an issue too in this day and age, I feel like with oh, just yeah. rip off concepts. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of kids in this day and age don't get so much of what they're seeing really is just regurgitated stuff from, you know, the seventies, the eighties, and even at this point, like early nineties. So, um, I, you know, in, in doing any work like that, you never want someone to, to blatantly think that you're just ripping off. You want someone to, to think that you paid tribute to the original Exactly that. Out. Yeah. And there's something lovely about that too. Cause it, you know, that then there's something about, um, sort of, um, loving our history, you know, and the, and the people that have come before and, and knowing that and, and hopefully, um, I, I don't know. It's sort of, yeah, I, I'm not going to keep going because you just said it so great yourself. So basically I echo those feelings and it was, it was a lovely collaboration and we just worked together really easily. So sure. it was cool. And I've, I've seen the final product. It's amazing. I cannot mm-hmm. wait for the world to see it. It's, it's phenomenal. So you guys did, you could tell there was a lot of love in the collaboration process on all ends. So but um, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up with Soma and before we get into our solo segment with Alexander Thomas. So, but Soma, before we let you go, I want to again, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to speak with us. We adore you so much. And um, do you have any upcoming events or projects or anything you would like to plug for our listeners? Um, I mean, you know what? I, I will say this. Come out with a sidewalk project. Um, you can, you can always, whatever you're doing, it doesn't matter what your skills are. Um, we can, we can always use support in that, in that department. So find us, you can find us through me. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Great. Well, thanks again, Soma, uh, for joining us. Yeah, it was a pleasure. It was great All right, you with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye, guys. Yeah, love you. Bye. Bye, Sarah. All right. Thank you again uh, for joining us today. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the different projects that you guys have um, upcoming with the Pinks and also some of the previous projects. What was the first collaboration you did with the Venomous Pinks? Pizza slice, definitely pizza slice. I'll never forget that as long as I live. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I uh, I think uh, I'm pretty sure it was Drea uh, posted in like a local Arizona music group and uh, just looking for someone to shoot a music video, and we got in contact that way. And 
you know, did the traditional pre-production meeting. And, uh, you know, if, if you've seen the video, obviously, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, you know, we, we ended up shooting basically uh, a house party in my, inside of the house that I lived at at the time. Um, it, was, it was a lot of fun, really crazy. And then probably the coolest part of the production was after we wrapped production, the Pinks actually ended up playing like an actual set in my house, uh, which was like, you know, cool as shit. It was like the highlight of my entire life at the time. And my ceiling, we, we used we used a pink smoke bomb in the middle of production, and to this day, I still have gear that has pink dust on it, hidden inside a little like nooks and crannies. Uh, one of the, one of the lights that I have still has like pink on it from the production. Uh-huh. Yeah, my couple of my lenses because I did some still shots there. Um, it still has pink residue, and your your amp does. <laughs> my amp still yeah. covered in pink dust. <laughs> Car I used yesterday still had pink dust yeah, on it. I'm like, oh shit, nice. there's pink on this. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how long has that been? Like a year or something. So I mean, I do have to say I walked in a little bit late to the setting of that. And I came in and I just introduced myself because in the past we've used there was another videographer that was used that I've done um some still sh- uh, shots on behind the scenes uh stills with them and when i walked in i introduced myself and i'm thinking to myself all right how's this gonna go because whenever you start working with another person who has like photography background videography background it's it's kind of iffy and with you you were just so welcoming and we're like here oh you're a photographer you like film look at this camera you can use it like he was just (laughs) he was the nicest like person ever so welcoming there was just like hey immediately like we're a team we're in this Aww. together you know and i feel that that comes through in a lot of your work that's so sweet thank you yeah, yeah. no thank you because i've gotten a lot of cold shoulders by and a lot of other people yeah yeah, Dude, pe- yeah people throw shade like crazy and oh, like yeah. uh, i don't know man I, I think everyone when they start doing stuff like that they get a little on guard just because of how many other people do the same job they do but at a point if you don't kind of let that go and just kind of go with the flow of things yeah. and really really let that passion for what you do kind of dominate you to keep with the theme of domination obviously uh, uh just let that kind of rule you then i feel like everything's better in the long run you know what i mean oh can you hear me now yeah yeah okay yeah cool. i mean i just i i just remember you coming through and, and you were so into you know shooting the behind the scenes stuff and like that passion i just kind of played off of that and i, I definitely remember that interaction and i gave you i'm pretty sure i let you use my 70 to 200 yeah. Uh, for like the long shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I have a good time. I was fucking terrified. I was like, <laughs> I have this guy's gear. <laughs> like, please don't mess it up. <laughs> I'm like, you oh, rocked it, of course. <laughs> there's the pink smoke bombs. Let's hide this thing. <laughs> oh, and it was like white lens too. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But, um, but before we jump more into the projects you have with the pinks, like let's talk a little bit about you as an artist, like the different mediums you like to do and what your unique style is. Sure. Um, I shoot a lot of fashion photography. Um, obviously, I shoot music videos. Um, I shoot some like art photography that borders in between being what I would describe as like erotica and kind of just like art nudes. Um, it it, it kind of all over the place there. Uh, I, I like to think that my work kind of brings in some ideology from Hollywood's golden era and from like the 1970s, 1980s to kind of make this weird an anachronistic package if that, if that makes any sense that's i don't know i really i'm really into pop culture I'm, I'm pretty into and knowledgeable about the 1960s and 70s and i guess when i create i try and kind of bring all of these thoughts that i have in my head and, and all of these things that have cre- uh, kind of made me me 
into the production, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah, definitely. How did you come to know the Venomous Pinks? How did that initial... So, social media. Yeah, all, all social media. Um, uh, like I said, I'm pretty sure Drea uh, posted in like Arizona hardcore or Arizona punk scene or, you know, some group on uh, Facebook. And I usually just, you know, scroll through those groups looking for people to work with and or, you know, looking for music to listen to or shows to go see stuff like that. And okay. uh, I just reached out and uh, then we had that initial meeting where we just kind of talked about the video and kind of took it from there. What is it like overall collaborating with them on these projects? Oh, it's awesome. I, I mean, they have so much energy. Uh, and, and you know, everyone in the band is just so on their shit. Like, they're so prepared and ready. And every time I have, like, a crazy idea that I'm like, I think we should do this, everyone just looks at me and they're like, okay, dude, okay. like, cool. Yeah, yeah like, okay. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like, fuck yeah. And then, and then, you know, we end up making some magic happening. So, yeah, it's it's an amazing experience. They're, they're honestly, the Pinks are my favorite band to work with. Um, I, th I think the video that we shot yesterday is probably the best music video I've shot in my entire career. And I legitimately love spending time and working with them. Oh, yes. that's awesome. So Going back to that look. I know that look. And <laughs> like, are they, are they okay? Did they just have a stroke? What's going on? Yes, totally. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> so, um, from, uh, concept to shooting, what does that process look like for you behind the scenes? Um, so, I mean, usually we'll discuss some ideas. It, it depends, you know, uh, for one of the videos we did, they had like, they had some ideas already. So usually I just riff off of those and I, I write it up in a, in a way that I know I can logistically pull off while still maintaining creativity. They've never pitched me any ideas that were like these insane over the top things involving like, you know, drag and special effects, crazy stuff. It's always been like fairly easy to accomplish kind of stuff that we do. I feel like we just take the notch up a little bit and make it a little bit better than your average bear, if that makes sense. Um, so, I, I mean, usually we just discuss ideas. I, I write it all out. And then um, I spend a good amount of time trying to really nail, like, the kind of shots that I want and the five that I Oh, you're breaking up a little again. I'm going trying for shooting at me, like, uh, just in terms of, like, technical stuff with a camera, I guess. I don't, I don't want to bore your listeners and, and go into camera <laughs> specifics because I will definitely do that. Right. So let's talk a little bit about the video that we just shot yesterday. I know we want to keep things secret, but let's reveal a little bit of details on what that was like and where it was set. Well, it, it was, you know, the most incredible experience anyone could have had ever. Um, I, don't, I don't know how much I should say, but what I can say is that we we came very close, if not 100%, to doing a shot-for-shot shot remake of a scene in a, in a very well-known and what I would consider to be a genre-defining movie. Um, one that one that also deals with some of the elements I think we've already discussed in this in this podcast, like femininity, um, feminism. Uh, I don't want to again. I don't want to give too much away, but let's let's just suffice it to say that we we got some really amazing shots. Um, we were really blessed to have a bunch of really energetic and amazing extras. The band did incredible, and our lead actors really knocked it out of the park and uh, were really able to bring the vibe of the original production on set while uh, maintaining our own specific little twist. Great. Yeah. So you've mm -hmm. also been a part of the lineup change, the most re recent lineup change with the bands. Uh, what, yeah. are, what is your observation of the new... New Venomous Pinks version 5.0. <laughs> 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 uh, 
<laughs> I don't know. If well, that I, I mean, I, I have not seen all versions of the venomous pinks, uh, but what I can say, it, it's, it's almost not comparable. It's almost like two totally separate bands. Um, there's a certain energy now uh, and this certain mentality that's, it's really hard to describe. It's almost like a feeling, um, but it's just, I, I don't know what happened at what point, but it was almost like the pinks came back with this massive amount of, uh, they were just ferocious, you know? And uh, I don't know, there's, there's, there's something about this like trifecta uh, of Cassie on the drums, Dre with the guitar, Gabby with the bass, and like all of them together just put out so much energy and almost just like pull so much power down. It commands attention. Nice. And that's, that's really something that I look oh. for when I work with artists is like how much attention they draw to themselves. Um, and they really, they just, they pull it, man, whether they're playing live or, or, you know, they're on set or whatever, you just like your focus is drawn to what they're doing. Great. So really quick, before we wrap this up, uh, a lot of the basis of our podcast is trying to give little tidbits to other musicians or other creatives. What kind of advice as a videographer slash photographer would you give other bands who are wanting to come up with a conceptualized DIY video? Um, I, I think probably, yeah. uh, you guys said something earlier about trying to find a dungeon that we could, that you could shoot in for free. And that's, that's, that's the name of the game. You know what I mean? Uh, when you're doing stuff yourself and you don't have a huge major label backing, you don't have, you know, uh, discretionary funds, really. It comes down to what you're willing to do yourself, what you're willing to trade other people. You know, a lot of the time, if you're just willing to make calls and talk to people and try and get stuff done, people will work with you. Uh, a lot of people are willing to negotiate do things like that to get what you need to get something produced. So I guess I would just heartily encourage anyone out there to uh, not be discouraged and to realize that like, Hey, sometimes you got to make a billion calls, do a bunch of stuff to get what you need, but it can work in your favor eventually. That's great. So to wrap up, do you have any uh, social media website, upcoming projects or anything you would like to plug for our listeners? Yeah. yeah like, uh, uh, of course, follow me on Instagram. Uh, I am at alexanderthomas.psd, you know, like a Photoshop file. Super kitschy. I know. So uh, clever, by the way. I when, know, the so I, when I followed him, I was like, that is punny. That's great. I like him. I like him. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, looking forward to all these releases coming out with the Pinks. Um, I'm going to be doing a solo exhibition in Los Angeles of some of my work uh, towards the end of this year with no date yet to be announced. Um, but I'm sure all those details will be shared on my Instagram page. Great, great. Well, thank you again, Alexander. It was wonderful speaking with you and working alongside you. Thanks again for taking the time to chat with us. Cool. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Alex. Bye, Alex. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye. All right. So we want. I want to thank the Venomous Pinks, Mas and Masan Sisters. You know, all yeah. of you guys for bringing me along the journey, and also taking the time and opening up your hearts and telling us about your journey. I am very proud to be an honorary Venomous Pink. Your journey has inspired so many, and your music permanently has tattooed a special spot in my heart mm. as an artist, friend, and Aww. sister. True story. So thank you. But um, one final question I have to ask you, mm. bitches. If you were a burrito, <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> what type of burrito would you be? Mm. Gabby. Uh, I'd be two kinds of burrito, maybe like half and half. Um, cause sometimes we do that. We split burritos. Um, but yeah, chorizo like and egg. Like your hair? Half and yes. half? Yes. I like oh. it. The first half would be like chorizo and egg with like papas and like just fucking delicious. 
And then, like, got to have a good carne asada burrito. Nice. So, Cassie, yeah. what burrito? Vegetarian burrito. <laughs> I guess. I guess. All, all the veggies. <laughs> all the veggies. Yeah. No meat. Drea. I would go with the breakfast burrito because mm. you can eat it any time of the day. <laughs> uh, egg, bacon, cheese, potato. And that'd like, be yeah. me, yeah. Breakfast burrito. <laughs> Breakfast burrito. Mm. Mm-hmm. We did have burritos this we morning. We did. Oh, yeah. damn. Oh, yeah, no no cilantro. That's the only thing for me. <laughs> oh, cilantro. Everyone hates me for that. Oh, God, <laughs> oh, never. They, she hates it. Ever. So uh, I also want to give a great shout out and thank you to Goddess Soma Snake Oil for taking the time to speak with us and Alexander Thomas. We appreciate you and all your talents. So thank you both very, very much. Um, I'm actually going to pass the mic over to DreWow, <laughs> a.k.a. DreWow. I said it twice in a row. <laughs> but I'm going to have her sign us off and tell us what is up. Remember to head to the website, soundsistersaz.com, to view and listen to previous podcasts. Go to Facebook and like us, Instagram to follow us at SoundSistersAZ. Want to listen to us in the app? Check our show out through on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. Thank you all to who support us. Your support means everything to us. We see the numbers. They're coming in. We appreciate you. We love you. Love you. <laughs> on that note, this is your host, Drea Dahl, signing off with my lovely ladies, reminding you to keep your eyes on the prize and always do your best. Bye! Bye! Bye.